0: Welcome to the Arms Race. This is the podcast where we attempt to determine which action star has the highest body count in movie history, currently by watching every Sylvester Stallone movie one at a time. I'm Kevin Keene.
1: And I'm Mike Olson, and today we'll be discussing Rocky III, released by MGM and United Artists on May 28, 1982. Starring Sylvester Stallone, Talia Shire, Burt Young, Carl Weathers, and Burgess Meredith as Mickey. Co-starring Tony Burton and introducing Mr. T as Clubber Lang. Written and directed by Sylvester Stallone.
0: Never in this podcast have I been happier to get to a Rocky movie than this season, because it's been real rough. (laughs) I had had some rough picks in there, and... Yeah, you know, I'm sure I I can take my fair share of the blame, too, but... We said on the last episode, the list is what it is. Yeah. I I will say, Rocky Three has never been my favorite, but I'm just glad to be talking about Rocky again. Like, that's all I want from this podcast is to talk about Rocky. I mean, I would be fine doing a Rocky podcast. I know you'd be less into that, but...
1: Uh, I uh, know that you would be. Uh, I can say this, that I haven't seen Rocky Three that many times. This might only be the second or third time. Third time at the most. Okay. I had a good time with Rocky Three. I really enjoy Rocky Three. Okay, good. This is a lot of people's favorite Rocky. There's a certain
0: type of Rocky fan where Rocky Three is their favorite Rocky. I'm not that type of Rocky fan, but I get it. Like I, I can look at Rocky Three and be like, yeah, this is a really entertaining movie.
1: I have problems with it. Okay, this is going to be the interesting one. This may be turned around of how we normally are. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> normally, you, you know, I've, I've, have t- said that you're the cynic of the
0: podcast. Yeah. but I'll be the cynic this time. But I will say I like. There is no Rocky movie that I dislike. Yeah, and you've I like establish that. I like this movie, but there was a time in my life where this I would have said that Rocky Three was my least favorite Rocky movie. Hmm.
1: That's is it still that case? No,
0: it has come up in the in recent years.
1: Uh, i was going to say Rocky Five is not. I do not like Rocky. I haven't seen it recently, but I don't remember liking anything about Rocky
0: Five. I will defend Rocky Five. I think there are certain things that Rocky Five does really well, and there are other things it does very badly. Okay, but I think. In the whole Rocky Five is a good movie. We'll get there, but um, yeah, there was a time when I would have said I prefer Rocky Five to Rocky Three. Interesting. And There are reasons for that that we'll get into. But in recent years, the more I watch it, the more I enjoy it. Especially the first hour. I said in the Rocky Two episode, if I if you yeah. took the last hour of Rocky Two and the first hour of Rocky Three, that might be my favorite chunk of Rocky movie. Like if you took any two hours from a Rocky from the Rocky series.
1: It's funny that you say that, because as I was going through and watching this, uh, and thank you for lending me your DVDs and being able to do this without using those at all. I figured you didn't actually need it, because you've seen it so many times. They're Blu-rays, to be clear. Yeah, oh, sorry, (laughs) Blu-rays. I'm enough of a Rocky fan to say, I know, people are going to question my Rocky fandom (laughs) with DVDs. Fair enough. Um, So I had that in mind, so as the, the counter was going down, I'm like, all right, so now this is where it should downshift. At least for me, it didn't. And so... I guess I can understand where you said that you know the first hour of Rocky Three you prefer. I'll be honest. I, I liked the entire movie. I didn't think that it, it dropped off.
0: Okay. Yeah, this is going to be the rare case where you're going to defend a Rocky movie yeah. more than me. But I'm glad you liked it because I, I feel a little guilty that I don't like it more. <laughs> because honestly, this is kind of... I think Rocky Three in a lot of ways ended up supplanting the original Rocky in terms of, like, the cultural knowledge of Rocky and just, like, the zeitgeist. When people think of a Rocky movie, you know, what's a Rocky movie like? They're not thinking about Rocky 1. They're thinking about Rocky 3 in terms yeah, of, like, I mean,
1: it, I mean, it's really... It's a boxing movie, right? I mean, that... Sure. More so than what the original, there's a lot more to Rocky... Not Rocky too, but too Rocky than there is to this. <laughs> Why well, you had to sneak a dig in there? <laughs> no, I, it wasn't a dig. No, you you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I know. Is that mean. there? There is there's more of a story, frankly, in in Rocky than there is in this. Right. And the zeitgeist. He, he could have been anything. He didn't. Ha- he, he happens to be a boxer, but the story would
0: still work if he was any, any other kind of. He could have been a painter or you know, taxi whatever. driver or yeah, something. Well, right. Anything. There
1: was a lot more. Mm-hmm. This absolutely is not. But it has a lot of the sports elements of a sports movie. He, again, he didn't have to be a boxer, but it has a lot of those of somebody who's successful and, I mean, he's kind of Apollo. There's a, there's a lot of elements to it that I like. Yeah. Um, that all said, I can understand why you'd maybe not like the fact that the casual fan... Their idea of a rocky movie is this because of you being a fan of the entire series and the the more serious than I'd say that Rocky Three is
0: yeah, that's only part of it like I, I don't mind people are entitled to like whatever they like i don't care what other yeah, people right. think, but I mean there's some truth to that of just like uh you know rocky three doesn't really represent the series as a whole, like Rocky Three and Rocky Four are kind of this. Cul de sac, where it kind of goes into this. I mean, Rocky 3, not so much. Rocky 4 goes like full MTV with it. But you know, this movie basically starts with a music video, more or less. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of getting into this very glossy, very kind of Hollywood. Like, I wouldn't say it's a betrayal of the first two movies, because I don't think it's that. I think it does feel like a natural evolution. But it's moving in a direction that does, it, it, it's very different from the first two movies, which are about an everyday man and Rocky and Rocky 3 and 4 he's not an everyday man anymore you know he's basically wait a minute,
1: wait a minute. we have established that he's a regular guy we established this a long time ago sure cuz he's oh, a regular guy who wants to spend time with his robot <laughs> we're not there yet you got to <laughs> save it you know that i just want to get
0: there wait a minute I, I don't even have my soundboard up yet <laughs> but i got to pause for that where is it it's on here somewhere
1: do you have rocky's robot on there
0: yeah i remember what i created a <laughs> I can't find it. The hell with it.
1: <laughs> there you go, Major League. Thank you very much. Wait, it's, I'll uh, find, I'm going to find it. Post-game show is brought to you by... Oh, Christ, I can't find it. The hell with it. Here, this jingle. You don't remember this?
0: Mike references Rocky IV. <laughs> <laughs> now I do. Thank you. <laughs> um, anyway, I, I rebuilt the soundboard, and I forgot to
1: put that on. Well, you'll so. have to put it back on.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, soon we're going to do Rocky Four, and then you're never going to have to reference it again. No, but... Yeah, I agree that Rocky Three still works because we remember Rocky from when he was under on hard times, and we knew him back when he didn't have anything. And so now, it doesn't really feel like he's flaunting his wealth. It feels like he's earned it. So you don't feel like he's any different, other than he just happens to have a lot of money now, yeah. um, a lot of money, I and mean, that's it's like a pretty big mansion they're living in. It yes, but, but no, I think more my issues with Rocky Three have more to do with. It's two things. One, it's structurally I think the back half of this movie feels like it's going through the motions. I feel kind of like how you felt with Rocky 2, I think. Where, you know, you were saying, like, oh, you just, they're doing the steps again and they're just going through, they're just doing the same things over. Whereas, obviously, Rocky 3 has changed the setting. Now they're in L.A. and all that. And But it just feels like Okay, here's the point where he stops believing in himself, and then here's the p- turning point where he starts to believe again, and then there's going to be a rousing training montage, and I don't know, the training montage doesn't do it for me in this movie, and then the fight is very quick and kind of anticlimactic in my opinion. It doesn't go the distance. It yeah, doesn't
1: see, that's what I, that's what I love about it. Really? Yeah, I just I feel like it's far more realistic.
0: I guess. I mean, he, Rocky just learned how to be a great boxer and just dismantled Clubber Lang. Which, is- but,
1: but, but here's the other thing that I like about it is that I don't remember you know, the, all the other Rocky movies to know if this carries through. You'll know better than me. Uh, but the first two, it goes the distance, but for time reasons, because it's a movie, they have to skip a bunch of rounds. Sure. I like the fact that in both of the fights in Rocky 3, you see the entire fight. I like that. I don't like that at all. It's breaking tradition.
0: I mean, I guess I, I'm, I can't complain about both things. I can't say, oh, it's, going through the, it's doing all the same things, and then it's also breaking tradition. <laughs> yeah. But I, th- I think I want a classic Rocky fight. You know, It is formulaic, and you're right that this is the one movie that does break that formula. Every Rocky fight's the same. You see the, round one it's in, in its entirety. You see round two in its entirety. Then the music kicks in at the end of round two, and then it's a montage until round 15, and then you see round 15. That's basically every Rocky movie except for this one. But there's drama in that. I, I like that. I, even though it is... I don't know if I like it because it's familiar or because it's effective. You know, maybe it's a little of both. Or maybe I'm just the Rocky fan who's just like, I want the same thing over and over. I don't know. I don't. I hope I'm not that. But I, I just don't feel any real drama in the fight at the end of this movie. It just feels like a foregone conclusion. Like, And I guess every Rocky movie other than one is a foregone conclusion. Of course he's going to win the fight. I don't know. I just... I don't... I'm not really invested in that fight.
1: I can, I, I can understand that you do feel like that they're going through the motions of that Rocky has to win at the end. For whatever reason, it landed it landed well with me seeing the fight in its entire duration, not skipping forward. Okay, fair enough. Yeah.
0: Well, the other thing that I have issues with is Clubber Lang. I love Mr. T. Not a big fan of clubber Lang, but we'll get to that later. Okay. I don't want to start with a lot of complaining. The first hour of this movie is incredible. It's so good. <laughs> I love the first hour. From the opening montage to
1: Thunder Lips, all of it. Oh. Everything. See, for that, for, honestly for that alone, for Hulk Hogan and Thunderlips. yeah. That scene carries me through most of this movie. Ste- I, I still like this movie. Steel, absolutely steals the show. Really enjoy that. I can't wait to talk about that. Okay, well, well right.
0: let's start with uh, talking about... Uh... What
2: day is it? What year?
1: Alright, so it is, as we said, May 28th, 1982. Uh, Rocky 3 was certainly made for money. Uh... <laughs> And it made a lot of money. Yeah. Budget of
0: one of the most successful movies in the franchise.
1: Yeah. Budgeted at about uh, $17 million. I pulled that from IMDb, as I normally do. The domestic box office total, just over $124 million. <laughs> that is an amazing haul. Yeah. It really is. In 1982, especially. Yes. All right. So for the opening week, Rocky Three opened, of course, at number one, just over $16 million other things in theaters those days I, I don't i should have looked this up i don't know it visiting hours didn't know that but next one we definitely know and we have covered it conan the barbarian ah. was in theaters it was week number 3 for conan it grossed just under 5 million and that brought its total to <laughs> 27 so <laughs> rocky 3 almost covered 3 weeks of conan the barbarian
0: yeah, I mean Conan the Barbarian at the time was probably not that well known a property,
1: right? No, it's like a, I mean, a it's relatively
0: an, obscure comic book.
1: Yeah, and it was the movie that Schwarzenegger, for the most part, was. I mean, that was the movie that kind of really thrust him into the limelight. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Rounding out the top ten, don't men or dead men don't wear plaid. I've po- never seen that. I've always wanted to. It's a Steve Martin movie. It's a Steve Martin. Yep. I, I haven't seen it either. Hmm. Porkies. Okay, I've original. seen that. Uh, the Sword and the Sorcerer, The Road Warrior, Chariots of Fire. Victor and Victoria and Fighting Back. Most of those, I don't know. I knew Porky's, I know of Dead Men Don't Wear Plaid, and then obviously Conan. The rest, I don't know. You've never seen The Road Warrior? Oh, and I know Chariots of Fire. No, I've never seen The Road Warrior. Oh, that needs to be rectified. Okay. You
0: saw the most recent Mad Max, right? Yeah. Okay. You liked that? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I mean, it's not that. It's, it was made in the 80s. It's not, you know, yeah. it can't live up to that, but no. it's the second best Mad Max movie
1: you should see. It. All right, well, then I'll give you a little bit. That was its second week, and it was number seven, uh, it's total gross for two weeks was just under $6 million, so it must not have been a financial success. Oh,
0: yeah. I think that's a movie that only got discovered after the fact. Also, it's an Austra- Australian movie, so it probably did pretty uh, well in Australia.
1: Gotcha. All right. So uh, continuing a recent tradition, I pulled up the 1982 PG movies. I don't remember. Was it 83 that PG-13 came into existence? Yeah, that or 84 cuz I think Might be Temple of Doom yeah. is
0: either the first one or it was the movie that like probably Push, pushed to do it over it. the edge, I right? Forget.
1: So there is certainly a big PG or otherwise movie in 1982 and you probably remember it. PG or otherwise, I'm not sure what that means. <laughs> uh, just, just the fact, well, yeah, that the fact that the the rating shouldn't matter. It, wait, it was a PG movie that shouldn't have been PG. Is it? No, no, the not at all. No, 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 it's not. It's just it was a huge movie in 1982. Okay, there's I, actually a Simpsons reference that I can I can use. Uh, Evening at the Improv, I pity the foo who doesn't. Oh no! Oh, ET. ET. Yes, is by far and away the number one PG-rated movie. Why did you have that preamble about PG thirteen by ET? Uh, it's like the most wholesome movie ever. No, what I was saying is that it, it it probably is successful no matter what the rating was. ET would have been toward the top of the list. Either way, I mean, I would assume so. Yeah, it's, it's an incredible movie. Just under uh, three hundred and sixty million dollars. <laughs> Uh, number two in 1982, Tootsie, uh, with Dustin Hoffman. Mm-hmm. Uh, number three was Rocky Three. So the total uh, gross for the 1982 was 124 million. Oh, I said 124 million dollars. Uh, the rest of the top ten aren't all that interesting. Although Star Trek Two: Wrath of Khan is that is that one that you you like? Oh yeah, I was just watching it recently
0: actually. Oh, and I the- was just watching it the other day. I didn't watch the whole thing. I was I had it on while I was cleaning. That's pretty, a good, like, wall-cleaning movie.
1: Pretty big drop-off there, too, because from Rocky at 124, Wrath of Khan is uh, about $79 million. So, pretty big drop-off there.
0: Yeah, that movie did well, but not, like... I don't think any of the Star Trek movies were, like, giant Huge. blockbusters. Yeah, that yeah. might have been one of the biggest ones.
1: All right, in the world of TV, 1982-83, uh, 60 Minutes is the number one show, uh, followed by Dallas, MASH, and Magnum P.I. Are, uh, are tied at number three. Okay. Uh, Dynasty, Three's Company... Then we get into some of my uh, some of the ones I love. Simon and Simon, you remember that one? Only the title. I don't think
0: I ever. I don't think I know even what that's about. Or, yeah. I get that mixed up with Jake and the Fat Man. Uh, what Those I was, two shows exist the, in the and same. And the Falcon place, and the Snowman. So that I don't know. I, you've referenced that before. I don't remember that show at all.
1: All right. Uh, number eight is Falcon Crest, which I do not know. Number nine, though, the Love Boat, which <laughs> sure. we have discussed. Yep. And number ten, the A Team. Okay.
2: So, Wait, in '82?
1: Yeah, '82, '83. The A team was starting. To got the rating. I checked the next year. The A team. I think Rocky Three really helped.
0: I thought '83 uh, was the premiere. Because I've got some Mister T facts later. Right, that's uh-huh. that's what I had. Was 80, eighteen, on, 18 80, was on in eighty two?
1: Maybe it came on like it was a late season. You know, it could have been a, a late season or mid season replacement. I okay. don't know. These are for the year that's you know the end, of basically fall of eighty two into oh, okay, eighty three. Gotcha.
0: Yeah, I think it premiered in January eighty three. If I remember correctly, that, 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 so, that's that's that makes why. sense.
1: All right. So in the world of finance, the S and P five hundred is at one hundred nine seventy. This one. I thought you were
0: stopping to do that. You said you weren't going to do that anymore. Yeah,
1: I know. And I lied. I went back. (laughs) No, keep doing it. It's a tradition
0: now. This one. (laughs) The dead silence on my end of the microphone when you do this part of the podcast.
1: (laughs) In the world of history, there's only one. (laughs) Crickets. It was not very. I could not find very much in May of uh, 1982. This would have been on there even if there was a lot of history. Like in the last episode, I think I had a lot. Mm -hmm. On May 1st. The World's Fair opens in Knoxville, Tennessee. Okay, great. I know what I want to say. Wadfer Another Simpsons reference. That's yes. a great episode, though. It I, truly I, is.
0: <laughs> it's, if only for the legacy of that Simpsons episode, is that World Fair worth it?
1: So I noticed the history I found was mostly actually more European history. So this is probably the only episode I'm going to have that is not so us Focused uh, on the history front. Most of the time, we barely have anything world history. I'm so focused on U.S. stuff. Yeah. Uh, the Falklands War is, it seemed like it was the middle, it was like a 10-week war, and this was kind of in the middle. There were a number of naval battles. The first one that I had uh, noted was on May 5th, I think here, a uh, nuclear submarine, the HMS Conqueror, sunk the Argentine cruiser General Belgrano, killing 323 sailors. There's a bunch of naval battles this this month. I didn't I didn't highlight any of sure. the others. It was a war. Yes, <laughs> suffice to say, uh, the USFL is formed on May 12th. I don't remember how many seasons. I think that lasted three seasons. The USFL yeah, not, not long. No. There actually, there were a lot of good players that migrated over from the USFL into the NFL. An-
0: another successful business by a certain <laughs> businessman turned
1: politician. Touche. That is one of the best 30 for 30s from ESPN. Have you ever oh, seen really? that really? i never seen it. Who Killed the USFL, I think, is the title of that. It is a great 30 for 30.
0: I have seen the XFL one, but I've never seen the USFL one. Oh, I don't think I've seen the XFL. Okay. XFL's
1: coming back, you know.
0: Supposedly, yeah. I, they announced it, and then nothing happened since oh.
1: then. I don't even know. It could have been a publicity stunt. Who knows? It might have been. All right. Pope John Paul II uh, visits the UK, the first by a reigning pope, which I was surprised. On May twenty eighth, yeah,
0: he, he toured the world for sure. He was in the U.S. in the, the late seventies. I know because he was like he was in Chicago around the time when classmates of mine were born. Oh, because I had classmates named after Pope John Paul. Interesting. He was in town when they were born. All right, I Uh, I went to Catholic school, so like obviously (laughs) it makes sense. It was a bigger deal in the circles that I was in
1: as as a child, Uh, and in the world of sports, on May 30th, Cal Ripken Jr. plays in the first game of what will eventually become the streak of 2,632 games. So it started in 1982. I thought he started before that. Uh, well, Jordan. I mean, he, I think he played, but in terms of like that streak. Oh, he may have had like an yeah, injury. Some, and yeah, then, yeah, yeah okay. exactly. Gotcha. In the New York Times bestseller is the Parsifal Mosaic, a Robert Ludlum, another uh, born uh, author, which until we did this podcast, I had no clue who wrote those books. And now we've had two of his bestsellers.
0: Hmm. I assume that's not a born
1: book. It is not word I, born is not in the title. No. Though. And I looked it up just to make sure it is not, but it is, uh, it's a spy novel. Not surprising.
0: I, I have to think, I don't know how many born books he wrote, but I, I, I remember thinking about that. I'm just like, how do you come up with another word? You know, like <laughs> identity <laughs> supremacy. Yeah. He must be just digging through the thesaurus.
1: Uh, and then last the chart topper and the billboard. One hundred two great artists, the song ebony and ivory by Stevie wonder and Paul McCartney.
0: Well, one great artist and one inconsistent artist. The Beatles are great. Paul McCartney. Okay, mm-hmm. fair enough. Fair enough. All right. There's a painting in this movie that actually looks like Paul McCartney. I wrote down a note saying, like, oh. Oh, it looks more like Paul McCartney than Rocky to me. Interesting. That Leroy Neiman painting that we see.
1: Yeah, no, I, I hadn't thought about that, but now you mentioning it, yeah, it kind of does <laughs> so look like I Paul McCartney. That was, that was way more like Paul McCartney than so that's just so. So that was what was going on uh, in May of 1982.
0: Okay, great. Let's move on to the big picture.
1: You want to talk? We'll talk. I'm a sucker. Good conversation. So, this is the segment where we discuss the plot.
0: Yep, we talked about some of it already, but yeah. uh, let's get into it. Rocky 3, which starts with a scene from the end of Rocky 2, which is how most Rocky movies start.
1: Definitely tradition there, without a doubt.
0: Yeah, this movie trimmed it down, I noticed. Because I think the end of uh, the beginning of Rocky 2 is just the end of Rocky 1 without any cuts, really, except for one minor one. Whereas this one, I think they chopped it up and made it a little quicker.
1: Uh, and it, it, But they do keep in what you really dislike about Rocky too. Adrian, I did it.
0: That's true. You can't leave that out. That's like the climax of the movie. I still don't like it. The, the series redeems that later on. So okay. I don't like it, but in the long term, Stallone redeemed himself and fixed it, basically. All right. But yeah, it does rub me the wrong way still.
1: Uh, but Rocky and uh, the Balboa clan is... Living large, doing well. Yeah, they get an awesome montage of
0: just summarizing his uh, championship run. I love this opening montage, the
1: Eye of the Tiger montage. Yeah, and what's funny is that I shouldn't, but Eye of the Tiger is what I associate with Rocky. Yeah,
0: well, that's like I said, this movie kind of supplanted the first one. It's, it's an iconic song, for better or for worse. I, you know... I don't think it's a great song. I don't think it's a terrible song. It's kind of hard to judge it because it's so ubiquitous. Yeah.
1: It's, I mean, it kind of is this movie. I, it To me, without doing this podcast, it's Rocky, understanding that that's unfair and shouldn't be. But you're right. For me, it's synonymous with Rocky.
0: Yeah. And, uh, you know, for a long time, Stallone embraced, you know, associating with Eye of the Tiger. I mean, it was a gigantic hit on the radio. And it's yep. like, you know, there's a certain amount of synergy there of like, oh, this song is doing well. We should, you know, pitch our wagon to this song. You know there's some mutual benefit there for sure
1: you can 't have those mansions and robots if you 're not finding uh finding the gold mine right?
0: I, I pulled down the Rocky four right whatever <laughs> you gotta you gotta wait to talk about the robot you 're so anxious love, to talk about the I robot I just love that robot he doesn 't have robots yet. he has a mansion that looks like an old lady decorated it <laughs> i didn 't notice that i don 't like this mansion. I think in Rocky four he has a way cooler mansion. This mansion just looks like. Some old woman died and they bought her mansion and didn't change a thing. Do you It's think, so stuffy. Do you think Mickey maybe picks stuff out? I don't know. He's got his own little room and he at least has
1: like boxing paintings. Yeah, I, I guess. So. I just thought maybe, you know, he's old. Maybe it was, you know, some woman he was dating. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe an old woman
0: is wrong. It just feels stuffy. Okay. And I'm sure part of it is like this movie is showing that Rocky, who came up from nothing, now that he has his money and he's trying to be sophisticated and he's wearing all these nice suits now and he's he's you fixed your face like paulie says like he's he's kind of fixed himself up and he's trying to be you know high society Yeah. yeah so i'm sure that plays into it a little bit of maybe why this mansion is so fancy it just doesn't feel like the kind of place that Rocky would want to live. It's just like, this is way too fancy. Everything's got like a filigree on it. It's just like everything is, everything looks like a thing you're not allowed to touch. You so know what I mean?
1: Do you think that this time through it was better than the last time when he just sight unseen? That Yeah, this, this looks good. Well, I'll take it. <laughs>
0: maybe. Maybe the same thing happened on a larger scale. <laughs> just, just more money. Comes, comes
1: furnished. Yeah, I'll take it. You don't want
0: to look at all the furnishings in this house that you're, no. you're buying? No. No, I'll take it. Um, No, I I mean, the movie is trying to, you know, in this montage, you're seeing he's doing these commercials and he seems to be spending his money wisely now. Like, it seems like it's hinting that he's moved. He's come a long way since those days when
1: he was impulsively buying tiger jackets and (laughs) things like that. Uh, But, you know, what we later find out is he's not necessarily. It looks super successful, but it may be a bit of a mirage
0: in terms of. His, his reign as champion. Yeah,
1: quality of the opponents.
0: Yeah, that, that comes out a little later. But I, mean, I, I think for a while, this movie is just kind of like, we're enjoying Rocky, Rocky's success. Like us. Yeah. You know, including the, Th- the Thunderlip sequence. I like, think that comes before Rocky and Mickey have that talk, right? Yes. I mean, that's just, that sequence has no reason to be in the movie. It's just there for fun. But so what? It's so fun.
1: All right, so ter- that,
0: that's why the first hour of this movie is great, because is it's just so fun watching Rocky be successful. You're happy for him. You're
1: happy for everybody's happy for him, except
0: for Polly. That's true. That part, that sequence bothers me. So I'm surprised I just glossed over it. Um, I don't know how you feel about it. But
1: Uh, the the thing is, it reinforces what I think. I just I'm sure the character is supposed to be this way. I just I don't like Polly, And I'm not sure why Rock always cleans up and defends Polly. I don't know what. Why doesn't defend him here? So he's as little still, problem as
0: you, and you know... He's, it's true, but he still bails him out. He does bail him out. He's a brother-in-law. It's going to leave I him in a rotten prison. <laughs> Rocky's wealthy, and he's just going to, you he, know... He's he not destroyed gonna a very
1: him. nice pinball machine.
0: He did. Yeah, the Rocky pinball machine, which was a real thing. That was in... Uh, Arcades at the time that this movie came out. So
1: I've never played. I've never played it.
0: No, I've never seen it. I've you know. By the time we were, because I, I, you know, we figure that came out in '82.
1: Yeah, it was long since I'm sure gone yeah, from those, arcades. Those would
0: have cycled out by the time we were in arcades.
1: Um, so the no, only that, one who's not jo- enjoying his success either in the audience or on screen is Polly.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think that sequence has less to do with Rocky and more to do with Sylvester Stallone because that that scene just feels like stallone sending a message to his friends and family that he's sick of covering them and then sick of them asking for handouts because the whole thing is just like oh you're my friend you're supposed you owe me he's like friends don't owe; they do because they want to do that just feels like stallone being like i'm successful now and i'm sick of people looking for handouts so he was lecturing his hangers on I think so. That's how it feels to me. I mean, we've, we've talked about how every Rocky movie is kind of about where Stallone is in his life at the time, and I, this is, you know, Stallone at this point was a big success and was, I'm sure, himself very wealthy.
1: I was going to say, this is probably a, the beginning, if not, yeah, probably the beginning of the peak of his fame, right? Yeah. Yeah.
0: But I don't know. I just, it doesn't feel like, and then Paul, Paulie's just like, oh, can I have a job? All you to do is ask. And then basically the problem is over. <laughs> like everything is fixed now and Paulie's going to be okay.
1: Uh, but the challenge and the problem is, is that uh, Clubber Lang is looking to, uh, to get a title shot.
0: Yeah. He challenges Rocky at the statue unveiling. Do you the like ceiling. the statue unveiling? Oh, I love
1: that. Really? <laughs> really? You don't like that? Eh, I think it's okay.
0: I love the, the city official. I don't know if it's supposed to be the mayor or whatever. I love that guy. He's so cornball. And just like... <laughs> It's it's such a perfect like local official trying to build up something, something and do more than it is. Yeah, because he's just up it's there. not the Statue of Liberty guy. He's up there pontificating. Once in a while, a man comes along who defies the odds, who defies logic, and fulfills the American dream. This is one of those lines <laughs> Wait, that, is that is I know. Is this guy Howard Cosell? <laughs> That's kind of he has that cadence, and then so he says something about like. Let this statue stand as a testament to the indomitable spirit of man. It's like he's a boxer, buddy. Dude, <laughs> like, right? It's we, not Neil Armstrong. Yeah, I love Rocky, too, but come on. You're building him up a little much. Um, I love that guy. I think that guy's really funny. And they're, like the crappy like, high school band, it's, it's just authentic. Yeah, it's it's like just chintzy enough that it's funny. Like it doesn't feel like Stallone being like Rocky's such a big deal now. It's like he's kind of a big deal, but it's still kind of crappy. And
1: you know, he's a big deal in this very small pond, I guess. But I mean, with the what we'll get to here shortly, with the amount of merchandising that he's clearly so, got, I'm not sure how of a small deal he is. That's I mean, true.
0: He's a big. He's a worldwide celebrity at this point. Yeah, he's famous.
1: Yes. Um, Uh, Yeah,
0: I I didn't mean to imply that he he only was known in Philadelphia. But I'm just saying this statue unveiling is not that big a deal in the grand scheme of uh, things.
1: No, in the grand scheme of things of the world. I mean, even in Philly, right? You got the Liberty Bell there. I think that (laughs) has a little bit more gravitas than Rocky's statue.
0: Yeah, I mean, well, it is a real statue that is still there. It's at the bottom of the steps now. But um, we may as well talk about it now because it's one of those things that I always assumed. I made assumptions about the statue that turned out to be entirely incorrect. I thought that the city of Philadelphia put up the statue. And the movies are just like, well, the statue is here. We may as well integrate it into the series. It's the exact opposite. I never knew. This is just a movie prop. You know, Stallone commissioned this. I mean, it is a real statue. It's not, you know, it's like a legit statue. But Stallone commissioned it and just like put it there, and they filmed Rocky Three, and then he was like, "It's a gift to the city. We're gonna leave it here." And the city's like, "What? What are you talking about?"
1: Well, oh, I, I think it wasn't the city though, because I think it's by the Museum of Art in Philly. Yeah, I mean, they definitely did not want that. And they said, "That's not art. Get that <laughs> yeah. out of here. It's a movie prop."
0: Yeah, they moved it to the Spectrum for a while, the Philadelphia Spectrum, and then and now it's the bottom of those steps. Yeah, because we see I, it later in the series. But I think
1: the the, the main reason is, is because the people of Philadelphia did embrace it. To the point, what I will say is that one of the. It's actually the first Kickstarter campaign that I I participated in. Are you
0: going to talk about that Robocop statue? Yes.
1: Is the statue of Robocop. (laughs) That's
0: not the same thing. Why is it not the same thing? I mean, yes, they're both fictional characters. Building a statue to a fictional character is kind of inherently preposterous anyway. Yes. But there's something way more ridiculous about a Robocop statue than a Rocky statue. What does RoboCop stand for? Rocky's a symbol of hope and optimism. What is, why would you build a RoboCop statue? That's That he's,
1: <laughs> he's, Detroit can persevere. He's a symbol of Omni- fascism, con- essentially. consumer products. Right. Why would you build a statue?
0: You know, The whole point of that movie is him rejecting his identity as RoboCop. Of course, then in RoboCop 2, he's back to being RoboCop. <laughs> yes. But no, by the end, he's Murphy. He doesn't want to be RoboCop. I'm Murphy. So why would you – you should be a statue of Murphy, the policeman. No. That's what I want. All right. We'll get <laughs> you know?
1: this well, – let's get back to Mr. T and Clover Lang. Okay, we'll fine. agree to disagree on that. I'm not going to meet you halfway on that one. Fine. So I I knew a little bit about the history but read up a little bit more for this. And I I, I enjoy and I like the fact that the city basically embraced a movie prop, but it's because the character – has a connection to the city.
0: It's the right call to move the statue to the bottom of the steps, as opposed to leaving it at to the top of the steps. Yeah. Because yeah, it is a museum of art, and by putting it at the top of those steps, you're basically calling drawing, it
1: yeah, drawing attention.
0: Yeah, and, and like putting it on the same level as whatever like Monet. I'm sure there's all kinds of like genuine like artists yes. in this museum, and yeah. just like the statue from a movie. Um, no, I think, and also you want. I've never been to Philadelphia. I would love to go someday and run up the steps. But as a Rocky fan, I want to be able to stand at the top of those steps and, you know, put myself in that place. And if there's a statue, they're already doing it. Kind of deflates you know, it. Yeah. yeah you, you, I'm sure when that statue was there, people weren't actually doing that. They would just get to the top of the steps and be like, oh, here's the statue. Yeah, and
1: take a picture probably with yeah, it. Yeah,
0: exactly. Whereas now you go up there and you do the thing. You, you put your arms up and you pretend to be Rocky. Can I tell you That's the what steps you want
1: to do? that I did get a chance to participate in? What's that? So I had to be in New York recently for work. And I was wandering around doing my hobby geocaching. And one had to be happen to be at a you know a library, and I'm looking around. And I, honestly, I had like an I'm an idiot moment. I'm like, oh my god, this is this is it. These are the steps. Did you see it? What was it? So I immediately had to go up to the top and run, <laughs> run down. down. Yeah, we'll get back to you. Is what I yelled actually <laughs> on my way down the steps. Were the, were the lions there? Was it a Absolutely, lion? Yeah. yeah the, okay. the lion, and that, that that was the moment. I'm like, wait a minute. Oh, oh no, the, I it, I felt so dumb having seen that movie so many times. And not putting two and two together until I looked up at the lines. I'm like, no, this is... These are the steps. This is it. Yeah. I need to get to the top of these and run down them right now.
0: I mean, a lot of times places look different in person than in film because, you know, and lenses was, can distort things. Yeah, and
1: I wasn't thinking about it, but I'm glad that I have been able to run down those steps that the Ghostbusters ran down.
2: Yeah.
0: So that's another place. Not necessarily those steps, not necessarily the library, but if I'm ever in New York, I would go out of my way to find the firehouse.
1: Yeah. I I was nowhere near it. If I was, I... I if I was close enough that it would have been a minor detour, I would have absolutely. Yeah. Anyway. All right. So back to our plot summary here on Rocky three. So clubber Lang uh, is at this point, he challenges Rocky and uh, Mickey does his best to say no, which I don't understand how Mickey could possibly think at that point, once confronted that Rocky wasn't going to accept that challenge.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think this movie really shows that Mickey does not know Rocky as well as he should. He doesn't understand Rocky at all because if, if it's clear to any viewer of the Rocky movies that it's important for Rocky for his accomplishments to be real and to be legitimate. He wheeled his way or, you know, we argued about whether he was in a wheelchair, but, you know, in the hospital, he went to Apollo's room and asked him, do you give me your best? I mean, obviously Mickey wasn't there, but the point is he should know that this is important to Rocky that it'd be real. And the fact that he doesn't know that like it's it's it feels like a real betrayal in a way that the movie doesn't acknowledge. You're looking at me like you don't agree.
1: I don't no I, I I shouldn't have looked at you that way. I'm sorry.
0: <laughs> well, I'm just not, I'm I'm curious to see if you agree. I just Mickey like basically choosing opponents that are easier, like they're not fixed. They come, you know, they, they have a yeah. conversation about it, but it's like they were hand picked. They were easy fights yes. to extend Rocky's championship run longer than it needed that it should have basically.
1: Yeah, if if, if different opponents had been chosen were probably stronger and better opponents that could have beat him. defeated him, correct?
0: Or just giving him any kind of challenge, like that, really feels like a betrayal to me of of Mickey betraying Rocky's trust, you know. And I can understand why he would do something like that, but it's like to basically undermine because it ends up undermining his compliment, uh, his confidence. confidence where right. it's like he doesn't trust himself anymore. He doesn't think that any of it was legitimate. And you know, Mickey should know better. Maybe Mickey should know that that's. Of course Rocky would feel that way.
1: Yeah, and in, in some of it, I think that it is it is a plot device, and they just choose Mickey to be the one, but he kind of has to, because Mickey's his manager, because as we know, he needs a manager.
0: But why is it a plot device? Why does that need to be in the movie? I, I don't, don't think it needs to be in the movie. He could have had ten legit title defenses, and then here comes a real, like, the most challenging guy yet.
1: Isn't that kind of what the arc here always is, though? Is that his, you know, his... His confidence is undermined, and then he's able to build himself back up again and then meet the challenge.
0: Sure. But, I mean, I think that could, you could have done that without having Mickey do that. I mean, it could have just been Rocky wasn't prepared, and he didn't take it seriously. I mean, we get that in this movie anyway, <laughs> in another amazing montage. The first half of this movie is just full of great montages.
1: Yeah, so uh, I, I, let, let's, but, I guess let's get to that. His, his training for the first Cloverlang Lang fight. It's so good. Oh, it, it is. Be, that and the Thunderlips charity fight, it's almost as if they're in a different series and not the Rocky series, but they are just a lot of fun. Yeah. And the level, I mean, the level of merchandising, he puts, you know, Mel Brooks and Spaceballs to shame with the amount of merchandising ideas that there are for Rocky. Well, he lets Paulie run that part of the business, Well, well my, my point is, is that just, not that it's Rocky doing it, but the fact of what the depths of, I mean, Rocky is on the platform with Kiss, that I think his name it would be on sure. anything.
0: That started in the first movie with the meatpacking thing <laughs> in the back of his robe. <laughs> it's true. So, you know, that's Paulie's
1: been doing this since the beginning. There are no standards, anything. you're right. Yeah. Paulie has no franchise or name standards whatsoever. I
0: mean, he's a boxer. He's got to make hay while the sun's shining. Isn't he? He's not going to have a long career. He's talking about retiring already. It's like he's got to make his money
1: now. Fair enough. That mansion's not, not going to pay for itself. That's right.
0: He's got bills to pay.
1: So he is not in any way, Rock is in no way, shape, or form training the way he should be. Yeah, he's got,
0: he's got Frank Stallone uh, singing back up in his, uh, his training. There <laughs> so it is. he's got to deal with that
1: there. You guessed it. Frank Stallone. <laughs> I'm disappointed at how many how few times we've had Frank Stallone sightings. Well, Rocky 3 makes up for a
0: lot lost time cuz uh, there are three different instances of Frank Stallone appearing gonna... in some fashion in this
1: movie. So do you hit the button three times? I then? will hit
0: it two more times. The first time is there's a scene with Rocky and Adrian in bed, he's teaching her to sing yeah, the song Take It Back, which is the Frank Stallone song from the first movie. and Adrian can't sing it. I not Okay. <laughs> that scene is so ridiculous where she like can't even like hum it. He's like trying to teach her, he's like, doo do 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 And she's like, do-do-do-do. <laughs> <laughs> it's the most ridiculous scene. I don't understand that scene at all. It's like... Wait, if, how does Adrian do she that? She 100% does that. that. I'm not exaggerating in the slightest. Okay. He's like, sing along. Do-do-do-do. And she goes, do-do-do-do. I will pull the scene up if you don't believe me. I believe you. I just like your impression. I don't want to be... Well... I said my two problems were Clubber Lang and, and uh, Rocky 3 supplanting Rocky 1. Actually, my third problem, frankly, is Adrian in this movie, but we'll get to that in a minute. Alright. Um, we haven't even talked about my issues with Clubber Lang. But anyway, Frank Stallone, he tries to teach you that Frank Stallone song, so there's, there's number one of three. Yep. <laughs> And then Frank Stallone is singing that song when Rocky is training. I, I genuinely like that song. Oh, I, I do, too. <laughs> Pushing, getting ready for the fight. I love he's just singing what's happening. <laughs> he's just describing what's happening around
1: him. It, it's not a song. He's he,
0: getting ready for the fight. Yes. Um, and then the third Frank Stallone appearance is there's a kind of redone version of Take It Back, the song that keeps reappearing. It's when Rocky goes to L.A. and there's this, like, Bongos. It's oh, kind of yeah. kind of like this low key. It's,
1: it's the first. It's when they first get to LA and you, the establishing shots. Yeah, and that that is Frank
0: Stallone singing a different kind of take on I didn't Take know It that. Back. So all right,
1: just.
0: we're getting our fill of Frank Stallone in all Rocky right. Three. I think this is the most Frank Stallone appears
1: in any probably Stallone movie ever. So all right. Well, why don't we why don't we then get to your issues with Clubber Lang? Since now he's training for the first fight with Clubber, and Clubber absolutely just destroys. Anybody who's trying to talk to him in the locker room as well as then Rocky.
0: I guess I should be clear. It's not necessarily I have a problem with the character of Clever Lang. And like I said, I love Mr. T. And I think he's really good in this movie. I just, it's really the, he's the only Rocky opponent where we never get his point of view. We never get his perspective. We never feel any kind of sympathy in any way. Even Drago gets a moment where he chokes his trainer and says, I fight for me. Even he gets a little bit of humanity. Clubber Lang is just an angry black man, and the movie doesn't give a shit what he thinks or what what his point of view is from. He, you know, it's it's one of these things where, far be it, I am not saying the movie's racist by any stretch. I don't think it's that much of an issue. But prior movies, Rocky One and Rocky Two, we talked about it. You're never even can, thinking about the racial issues. Just like Rocky's fighting a black guy. You never even think about it. It's not, it's not yeah. an issue. Here I think it's a little bit of an issue because we don't know what his background is. I'm sure there's a reason why he's so angry and it's like I would like to know what his background is. I would like to humanize him a little bit and he he's bordering on a stereotype of just like...
1: I, I, can, I can see that perspective. I don't know if it's that Mr. T... Hadn't had you know a lot of acting credits and they didn't want to give him a ton of screen time. I don't know. I think he could have handled it. Oh, I think so too. I just don't know if the decision was made to limit his screen time.
0: I think the one thing that saves it is that it's Mr. T because Mr. T is so odd. I mean, we're all familiar with Mr. T now, but it's like the Mohawk and the earrings are just like this is an odd guy. It's like you know, that's the only thing that saves it is because he's so. It doesn't feel like a stereotype because Mr. T is so unique, yeah, it's not like oh it's you know every other guy you see with feather earrings and a mohawk it's like yeah he is he is an individual like he didn't right, it doesn't feel like he's just this you know stereotype, but you know the it makes me think of Eddie Murphy did a a, a comedy bit around this time, and I think he was talking about Rocky Three where he would talk about. Running into uh, white guys in the theater after they saw Rocky and trying to pick a fight like with the biggest blackest guy they can find. <laughs> yeah. That he, Eddie Murphy, I a bit remember. About this. Yeah,
1: I, I do remember. It. I I don't think it was Center Live. I think it was one of his stand up bit. Yeah. yeah, absolutely.
0: Where he's uh, a guy be. tries to pick a fight in in the the concessions, and the guy's like, "You just saw Rocky, didn't you?" You know, like that's the.
1: But I you know I think it might be an Eddie Murphy. It might be Raw. It might, might be Raw. Yeah. I don't
0: remember. It was it was either Raw delirious, but yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's kind of. That's what this movie feels like. It's just like you know the first two movies you're rooting for Rocky to defeat Apollo, and it doesn't feel at all dirty in any way and Here it's just like there's a certain type of person watching this movie who has maybe a certain perspective, and they're gonna look at Mr. T and say, "Yeah, kill that guy. you know what I mean? Like, I can see that i mm, I just a little I just find it a little uncomfortable in this movie it's It's not a huge problem. I guess it just needed one scene, one scene from Clubber Lang's point of view. Who is this guy?
1: You're right. They, you don't establish, because one of my questions is, I don't, I guess it's because Mickey has held back and not given him the shot. It does seem like he has an inordinate amount of, you know, dislike for Rocky.
0: And Rocky, and Rocky has an, he immediately is hostile towards Clubber, like too early. I mean, obviously, Clubber Lang is interrupting his statue ceremony, so I mean, I guess Rocky has a right to be upset. I'm sorry to interrupt, but it's just like, yeah, everything is just. Why is Rocky, Mickey so confrontational? Why is he so you know resistant to it? Why is Rocky so confrontational? Well, I think I think
1: Mickey is because he thinks that Rocky will not just lose. I think that you know he's afraid that Clubber might de- yeah. he embarrass and destroy him. Sure, okay, but I guess the, the thing that I lo- what I liked about it is I like the fact that. The roles are reversed, and Apollo is the one who didn't take Rocky serious in the least. It's not explaining away, and the flaw that you've pointed out is a fair flaw. What I do like about Clubber is I like that he's he's Rocky, basically from the first Rocky movie, is that he's the one who nobody necessarily gives a chance, and... Deserve in you know maybe in his case, deserves it, Rocky, the first Rocky movie did not deserve that chance against Apollo at all Oh,
0: sure, and, and that's a fair point. The movie needed to make that connection,
1: yeah, that, if it had that's one, a fair criticism if it
0: had one scene where it was making the point of like, oh, he's just like Rocky, you know he's had a very similar type of an upbringing, you know coming from nothing, and right. you know now he's got a shot at the title, and it's like if the movie had just made that connection to say he they're the same, and you know the, I mean, it just feels like Stallone, the screenwriter. Doesn't like this character and just is saying he's just a bad man. He's just
1: yeah. I guess that that is a very that's a fair criticism.
0: He just seems like the most villainous in a way that. And, and again, all you needed was a little context of just like why does he hate everybody? I mean, Clubber Lang and hates I, everybody. Yeah, he, <laughs> he does. does not like you're, no, anybody. You're
1: right, but it, like for me, I, I don't know. Maybe maybe he doesn't for whatever reason. I I'm not necessarily rooting for Clubber Lang, but I like him. I'm not sure why.
0: Okay. I mean, I, I like Mr. T in this movie. I think he's, well, giving a good performance is probably the wrong thing because he's not a good actor, but, you know, they just fit the role for him. He's just yeah. being himself. Um, but I like what he's doing in this movie. Um, like I said, it's not that I don't like the character. I feel like it's just missing a scene. Slide a scene in there where we we see his point of view. We never get his point of view in any No, way.
1: you don't. And what's funny is you wind up getting more of a point of view from, of course, Rocky, but you get it from Apollo. Which is interesting and kind of ironic. Some of the characters we already know motivations. You get way more of a point of view from Apollo in this movie than you do Clubber Lane. Yeah,
0: and that's great. I I assume you agree with me that Apollo feels more like he was from the first movie. Oh,
1: absolutely. That's probably some of the reason why I'm so much... Uh, more upbeat about this movie, because this is the Apollo that I know, this is the Apollo that I like, and Carl Weathers, again, I think, is given a great performance.
0: And, and I think that takes a lot of the curse off of it also. Again, in no way am I saying this movie is racist, because, I mean, in the end, Rocky's going to train with Apollo and with Duke in L.A., and right. it it actually kind of addresses it through paulie because Paulie's perspective on that oh. whole thing is, you know... Pauly
1: clearly is racist.
0: Yes, definitely. And, I, and there's a little bit of a subplot going on in the background of Paulie and Apollo kind of... Coming to respect each other, and or maybe not respect. That's maybe the wrong word, but you know, there's that little moment where Paulie's like, "Paulie, you did good." And, oh, thanks, Paulie. It's like that's a little moment of a like, little oh, growth, yeah. Pauly's, not much,
1: but a little growth. Paulie's
0: yeah. come a little ways. Um, so the movie's, yeah. um, so the movie's <laughs> dealing with it on some level. It just doesn't deal with Clubber the character enough, I think.
1: That's all. I, I think that that's fair. What what I do, I like the train. I think the reason, one of the reasons, I really enjoy Rocky three more than Rocky two. I like the transition from Mickey as the tra- I mean, it's unfortunate Mickey had to die, but I like the transition that they supplant and put Apollo in, basically as his turn. Yeah, I, I agree. I, and you want to talk about, you know, Mickey, the manager. Is there anybody better that you would want as a promoter and manager than Apollo Creed?: No. Oh, definitely.
0: He says, so, I'll, I'll sell this fight. It'll be bigger than ours. <laughs> right. It's, he's, I mean, he's still a
1: salesman. It. Like you want to talk about a major upgrade. Yeah. And what I really like, I, I'm not sure the motivation behind it. I like the, um, not the intensity, but the, the tension between Apollo and, and Clubber. Yeah. I, I, to be honest, I'd rather see, despite the fact that Apollo's a couple years old, I'd like to see. I'd like to see Creed Lang is actually the fight I'd like to see. I agree.
0: It is weird. I mean, I guess I understand why, but it is weird how, in the world of Rocky, Rocky defeated Clever Lang to win back his title, and then Clever Lang disappeared forever. <laughs>
1: Where is he in Rocky Four? He's not a contender still. He doesn't. Like, I, it's, I, it's on my list of questions. That that I think is a big issue. I feel like they should have brought him back
0: in Rocky Five because there's a guy in Rocky Five after Rocky retires who becomes the champ. I forget the guys. Union Kane is his name. Union Kane. That's a great name. It is a good name. Reno you know, Stallone's good with boxer names. We've got a couple new boxer names in that montage. I've got them later. We may have some new uh, Rocky opponents uh, for our ratings. Oh, they, they are, I didn't think about they that. They are opponents that we see in that montage. That's true. You only get a couple of names. One of them in particular is very memorable. We'll get to that in a second. Yeah, I like all this stuff. I like... Uh, The kind of post Mickey's funeral section where Rocky's in a little bit of a daze and he drives his his Harley up to the statue and chucks his (laughs) helmet at it. That's such an effective moment. It's really, really good. Like one of the most powerful moments I think in the series, the music is perfect. Bill Conti. I can't praise Bill Conti enough. Um, We're not going to get a chance in the next Rocky movie because he's not around, but, (laughs) but I mean the way the music swells, just he chucks the, the helmet. And what that represents, and just, like, he's looking at this statue and saying, this statue represents the fraud that I am, basically. And everything's... Exactly. It's so good. Um, And then Apollo finding him and their whole scene. Everything, them going to L.A. and training in L.A., everything I really, really like, until Adrian and Rocky have that talk.
1: That, I will say, is probably my least favorite scene in the movie. Yeah,
0: and I think... And it's such a linchpin. It's such a pivotal... And it's literally a pivotal moment. Right. He he changes from being down on himself to believing in himself He's going to beat
1: Apollo in that foot race.
0: And conceptually, I love the idea of Adrian being the one... Being the tough one and being like, you know, she was so mousy in the first movie. And like...
1: Where she... Her
0: path. Right. Yeah. And Rocky was the one who got her to believe in herself and now she's basically returning the favor. Conceptually fantastic. I'm glad Adrian has a thing to do in this movie that's important. She goes to coma and Rocky too. That's the only thing she does that's important. So you know, um, and she gives birth. You know, I guess I guess that's important too. Their kid has almost nothing. Like that, their son may is not may as well not even exist.
1: That's uh, another thing I
0: have in here. You just leave him in Philadelphia. We're going to LA for a couple of months. I, you can hang out with the nanny.
1: You've just taken my call. Qual- I can, <laughs> I can't. We can be- talk about it. Later. Believe that that is in here. I mean that there's no reason that both of them need to be in LA, or if they are. Their son should be with them. Yeah, it's,
0: this is the beginning. I've said in the past. I don't. Sometimes it's intentional. Sometimes it's unintentional. But there's a real theme going through this series of Rocky being a bad father. <laughs> and that's a great example. That, that's probably the,
1: the exhibit A in that argument.
0: Well, exhibit B is after the Thunderlips fight. You notice know, the moment where they his son comes into the ring and he wants a picture with Thunderlips, and he picks up his son, and, he, and his son's like ow oh, that hurt and he's like what that's all right and he like doesn't even care at all he's like what? oh no, I, I missed that I, I need to take this picture shut up <laughs> i got hulk hogan here he, he does not he's just so dismissive of his son. He's like he picks up his son and just hurts him
1: yeah. oh that hurt he
0: literally says that hurt <laughs> it's you know like homer oh you're hurting my arm no i'm not, no, I'm not. <laughs> I, that's basically what happens at the end of that thunderless fight no, rocky goes like no it's fine <laughs> he says something like that um, yeah, there's a lot of uh, bad parenting going on in general. Yeah. So we'll, we'll talk about more of that. So ultimately- I mean, at least he left him with a human being and not with a <laughs> robot. <laughs> But again, we need to save that conversation. (laughs) At least the the babysitter in this movie is flesh and blood.
1: (laughs) Uh, So, and then, yeah, by the end, uh, Rocky has been able to turn the corner, and he's got Apollo in his corner, and he wins the title back. Yeah, he does. Should we save the conversation about that
0: scene until later? I definitely have a lot to say about that Adrian scene.
1: Yeah, let's... let's I'm sure you've got it in a little, we can cover it in a little details. So I just don't
0: want to forget. I, d- I mean, I don't, but whatever. Just, let's just remember to talk about it later. All right. Let's move on to technology. It's already up in the cloud. What cloud?
1: What cloud? Are you? All right, so this is the segment where we try and, I guess, update for current times how technology would have either changed the plot or maybe some key moments or just ideas that we had Mm -hmm. uh, as time has gone by. So I had a few on this one. I don't know if you want to lead off.
0: I got two, so I mean, I don't have a ton, but the one thing I have in terms of his training for his first fight, Okay, I think Rocky is live streaming his training nowadays. Ooh, I didn't
1: have that. Yeah, I like that. That, that, That's definitely a better way to merchandise today. I did not think about that.
0: I'm sure he's got a whole like merch, he's got a whole store that you can, you can buy his swag from.
1: Absolutely. But um, yeah. That's sure a good he, one. He's
0: got a videographer wandering around live streaming and
1: everything. All right. So what I've got, my first one is that in that first montage that you love of him defending his titles, you, you cut to a couple of clubber all disgusted out in the stands. Yeah, he keeps attending these fights. Yes, one of them. <laughs>
0: he must have been paying a lot of money to get in these fights.
1: Uh, I, I, well, yes, he's paying a lot of money. He is not at all. He's stalking him on Twitter. I mean, there's just no way, shape, or form. And he's also, he's probably not showing up to that statue unveiling. He's already been taunting him on Twitter, <laughs> which leads me really into my second one, so I, I'll do that, is that okay. Rocky would have known today all of those challengers were were paper tigers because he would have been absolutely lit up in on ESPN and in social media. There's just no way. And yeah. I mean, in some ways, I think that the newspaper beat reporters, it's kind of hard to believe that Rocky wouldn't have known. But definitely today, he, there's no way he could have avoided it.
0: I mean, I th- probably Mickey was, you know, the contenders were of high enough quality to be plausible. You know, he's just yeah, they weren't it's the bare minimum to not get scrutiny by the press, I'm they sure They weren't I'm Spider guessing.
1: Rico, right? Yeah,
0: because he fights like the German champ, right, or something yeah, like that. Yeah, they, they so, go over I mean, to Europe for that. They're yeah. like real fighters. They're not like nobodies. There is a guy who's mentioned in the first movie, Joe Zack. Remember in the first movie where they're trying to, they're going through the list of contenders? Like, oh, oh you can fight Apo- this.
1: Apollo's going through, right? Yeah, you can is fight the,
0: this guy, you can fight this guy. And one of the guys that Rocky fights in that montage is Joe Zack. And he's, he's one of the guys that's mentioned in the first movie, which is a nice yeah, touch.
1: What, wasn't Joe Zack, wasn't he, like, one of the ones that, uh, I don't know, he had, like, a broken arm or, or something that, like, kept him out?
0: No, that's that's the guy that uh, Apollo was originally going to fight. I forget, uh, boy, what was the name of the boxer Apollo was going to fight and then backed out because he broke his hand. Gotcha.
1: Okay, so it wasn't Joe Zack.
0: No. Oh, boy. I should know that. But it, it, it's, no, Joe Zack is a guy who's just like, oh, he's a good contender. You should fight Joe Zack. And Apollo's like, nah, nah, the name isn't good or whatever <laughs> he says. But no, Rocky fights Joe Zack in that montage, so we know that he's a real contender because they talked about him in the first movie yeah. as a possible all right. contender for the title. So I'm sure they were just like, rather than being the number one contender, they're the number 22 or something. You
1: know what I mean? <laughs> like, they're still a contender. They're I just, I, I, gr- I guess I agree, but when there's a number one, it seems like it should go to number one.
0: Yeah, well, uh, nowadays with all like the advanced metrics and things. I'm sure that someone would have some kind of algorithm or some kind of like mathematical formula. It'd be like, like the one from escape plan. Sure. Yeah. Kimbrel <laughs> it's magic. Kimbrel's algorithm would determine that Rocky is not fighting worthy the opponents, <laughs> you know, that he's only just skating by. Um, it would have been nice if the movie had said that, Oh, he, you know, the newspapers were talking about it and Rocky wasn't
1: paying attention to it or yeah. whatever. He was too busy posing with watches and suits. And and selling swag that he wasn't reading the paper. We're
0: going to talk about that stuff later. I've got a a whole list of
1: stuff. uh, All right. You said you you had another one on technology. I got one more. Yeah. Well, similar
0: to uh, you saying that Clever Lang would be hounding him on Twitter, uh, I feel like something similar with uh, Rocky and uh, Apollo were. Even if there's no social media interaction, they would have had some kind of interaction over the years. Oh yeah, I had, even if they just had each other's phone numbers, and would text each other from time to time. Like you know, after fighting each other twice and Apollo retiring, they would have been in touch nowadays. Yeah,
1: I, I mean, if nothing else, you're right. I had I didn't have that one. That's a good one. That Apollo it just it would have been a text, like basically at every hey, nice fight. You're right. Title defense. He yeah. he would have sent something. Yeah. Absolutely. Because,
0: uh, you know, it seemed like the movie's implying that they really hadn't spoken to each other since the second fight.
1: Yeah, that, that you're they right. That's hard to believe.
0: Didn't have any real relationship.
1: All right. My last one is that, well, today, this isn't technology. I guess it's just a change in culture. Thunder Lips probably wouldn't be a wrestler. Probably would be like an MMA fighter is my guess. Because I think that that's probably, to me, I think more popular than wrestling these days. But
0: No, I don't think so. Right. Wrestling is still very popular.
1: All right. Uh, and that, but I'd say the, f- the fundraiser is probably not a match between the two of them. It's just something on social media, mm, I guess. I mean, a f- physical thing or it's a donation, you know, like something that's you know, for every retweet or whatever. I, I just, I don't think that's they no ha- fun. I know it's not, but I don't think they have that match today. Okay. Now I'll, I'll say this. I don't want that not to exist. That, that probably is the highlight of this movie for me. I want Thunder Lips to exist. You want
0: Thunder Lips in the flesh, baby. Absolutely. You don't want him in, on the internet? No, you don't. He's
1: there in the flesh, baby. He's not seven feet tall, but I do want him in the flesh.
0: <laughs> no, but
1: they've been lying about
0: Stallone's height all these years. <laughs> you got to adjust. Series. Yeah, for sure. Because Stallone's, what, 5'9", maybe? And I they, think they've so. 5'9", 5'10". I think they say he's 6'1", six 6'2". You know, yeah. So they've got so, to make
1: Thunderlips seven foot. Yeah,
0: because Hogan's 6'4"?
1: I think so. Six,
0: so, four, six, even five. still. I mean, you add four inches. They're still like they're still stretching that. <laughs> absolutely. I mean, they filmed them in a way to make
1: them look bigger. Yes. All right. So that's uh, that's it for technology. All right. Let's move
0: on a little detailed. I think we're gonna have a lot to talk about here. That cardboard headstone tipped over. The, this graveyard is obviously phony.
1: It's still my favorite intro. <laughs>
0: I'm sad now that I've stopped doing my custom ones because you know I the tiger would have been perfect, but <laughs> absolutely, I'm just lazy and I stopped doing it.
1: All right, so this is the segment where we find minutia and uh, really discuss minutia of the movie.
0: Okay, well, since we put off the Adrian scene, we may as well, well start with that. Lead right within that. The line that jumps out at me that it just makes me cringe every time <laughs> is Adrian going, We got cars! We got money!
1: She's just screaming at it. Why is yes. she screaming? It's not a good performance. It, it's the weakest scene in the movie. Uh, as you said, it's a pivotal scene. It's really not well delivered.
0: Here's the, my problem with it, and, you know, I guess maybe I'll just get on my soapbox for a second and then we can move on. But, like, the the pivotal point of the scene is Rocky admitting that he's afraid. You know, Rocky has had adversity, but he's never said those words out yeah. loud. And, it's you know, it's a, it's a moment of kind of uh, vulnerability for him. And that needs to be the moment that stands out. And so everything else before that needs to be a build to that. And it's just, why is why is... She's shouting so much. I mean, Talia Shire is good in every other Rocky movie. Boy, I just don't like her performance in this movie in general.
1: I agree with you on that. Yeah, It's the weakest part by far. And maybe that's why I don't like everything after
0: that. Because after that comes the montage, and after that is the fight. fight. Yeah. And maybe I'm just so taken out of the movie that I'm just not invested in the be. rest of it. It's not just that. It's the do-do-do-do also. like I don't know what no, Talia, Talia Shire is doing in this movie. I,
1: I don't. But here's the thing that I'll say the reason why. I guess I get... I either stay in the movie or I get pulled back in because Apollo and Rocky <laughs> frolicking in the water. Sure. How can I you not love that?
0: That's the romance in this
1: movie. Yes, <laughs> it absolutely yeah. is. Uh, and then uh, to be honest, I, I love the ending, the sp- the sparring match between the two of them. I think that is, that's great. I, it may be my fa- I mean, you know, I know you get, you say how you get so jacked up every time watching Rocky or Rocky two of Rocky overcoming and winning. I'll be honest. I, I I would take and love the ending of this movie over the ending of those two, hands down.
0: Yeah, I agree. It's a great way to end this movie. Um, that scene is fantastic. And the way that the movie sets it up, where it's just like, you're going to owe me a favor after, what favor? He's just constantly, you know, being like I'm sure Rocky thinks it's some kind of ominous thing.
1: Yeah, no. He just, I mean, I
0: suppose it is kind of an ominous thing. He gets, <laughs> he gets beaten up by Apollo. Presumably. Yeah,
1: what? I, a, a friendly uh, joust, sure, right? Sure, yeah. No, it's great. It's a great way to end the movie. I,
0: yeah, I shouldn't say I don't like the end of the movie because that scene I do like. It's just really the montage and the fight.
1: Um, But anyway. All right, so let's get, uh, so one of my little details, I love that how Mickey, when he's doing the scouting uh, on Clubber, he clearly, he must really improve his seats over time because the first one you see him, he's got these binoculars. <laughs> really? So oh, I don't yeah, know if he yeah. was just being cheap or whatever, but then, <laughs> no, by by the next one, he's close enough where Clubber is calling him out. Yeah, definitely. So I didn't know if there was a strategy on Mixed Party. He's like, ah, maybe I'll lay back in the weeds so he doesn't see me. <laughs> and then somebody maybe gives him some free seats, and he's like, oh, man, he busted me. He's immediately calling me out that I'm dodging him.
0: Didn't think about it until just now. Why is he scouting Clubber if he's not planning to give him a title shot in the first place?
1: I think the reason he's scouting it is that Mickey Mickey's not dumb. He he knows that it's inevitable. At some point in time, he can't die. Either Rocky needs to retire and get out of the way, or it's it's the immovable object and the unstoppable force. He can't he can't avoid it forever. And so if he knows that the title shot is an inevitability if Rocky doesn't retire. He's scouting him to know, do I need to push Rocky to retire before it comes through that he can't push Clubber off anymore?
0: I guess fair enough. He's got a plan for all contingencies. That's that's fair enough.
1: I I love the fact that he's close enough that he's getting called out, but the first one, (laughs) he's got these binoculars trying to see Clubber. (laughs) I mean, maybe he was in the front row with the binoculars. Maybe
0: his eyesight is so bad that all of those are front row seats.
1: <laughs> think about that. It's like, by so, the end, the fight's over. So he doesn't need the binoculars to get so, yelled at. So even if Mick was at, like, the opera, at, like, front row, sure. he'd still need the opera
0: glasses? He's old. He probably has bad eyes. Right. He's got the hearing aid. He maybe does. he needs those uh, binoculars. Does.
1: All right. I'm gonna, I want to get this one because I want you to talk about it. All right. That's fine. My next one is I, we need to talk about the endorsement ads. But oh. here's, here's my what I acknowledge and I like that most of those were not speaking roles. I like that even though Rock has come a long way, most of those were magazine that he was posing. He did not have speaking roles.
0: Yes, yeah, mostly print ads. I yeah. mean, I'm sure he still has trouble. He has, he has that one American Express ad or whatever yeah. it is. That's but, the, thing that's the only uh, one see. I have
1: the whole list of every yeah, single let, thing. Let's, let's, let's hear what Rock was hawking. You,
0: you want to run through these? Okay. Do you want to hear about the magazines that he was featured in? Because that's the, the first part of
1: it. Yeah, let's do that. Because
0: first, it's a bunch of uh, newspapers kind of summarizing his uh, title defenses. Yep. And then we get a bunch of magazines. The first is Ring Magazine, December 1976, Creed Balboa Souvenir Issue for $1.25. Then there's Tempo Magazine. Did you look up to see if any of these were real? No, I didn't. Uh, I assume they're all real, but I don't know. Well, most of them. Luomo Vogue. Boy, my Italian is not good. Luomo Vogue. And all the text is in Italian. April 1977. Impacto. I think. I think that's what it is. Rocky's head is blocking the text, so I think it's impacto. Next is the official Rocky scrapbook. Um, well, the funny part of this, is it says Buy Rocky Balboa. It's like Rocky didn't put together this scrapbook. No, he didn't. Maybe Mickey. They actually did. Uh, just recently, came out with a, some kind of Rocky uh, coffee table book. It's outrageously expensive. So I looked at it. I went like, I should buy that. And it's like. Whatever, a couple hundred bucks. Oh, jeez. No way. It's like super, super fancy. It's like, forget it. Uh, People Weekly, July 23rd, 1979. And there's an adorable photo of Rocky and Adrian kind of hugging. But then the text says, Rocky's revenge. (laughs) Why is that the text on this photo? (laughs) Giving his wife a hug. That's like uh, Adrian's revenge. That's that's how you learn Roman numerals. Rocky V.I.I. Uh, Newsweek, April uh, 11th, 1977. It says, The Champion, and my note is, of all the magazines to be five months late to the story of Rocky becoming champion, it's Newsweek. (laughs) (laughs) They got the story in April. (laughs) He won the title in Thanksgiving 1976. They're five months late. Well played, sir. Um, um, Also, this photo is really funny of Stallone. He has a real, like, huh, quality to it. Like, he didn't didn't know they were taking this picture. Uh, Inside Sports, September 15th, 1981. Rocky ready for sixth title defense. More newspapers. Okay, so here's where we get some commercials and ads. American Express commercial. Yep. Uh, he finally learned to read out the dummy cards. <laughs> okay. Then there's the charity drive. Don't forget about that charity drive that he does. Where he's like, when some kids punching his hands. Yep. This charity drive has raised two hundred and forty three thousand six hundred and thirty eight dollars, which seems like a lot.
1: Uh, Nineteen eighty two. Absolutely.
0: I meant to look up how much a typical Jerry Lewis marathon raises to see to compare, because I'm curious. Like, is that? Typical of like a telethon. That seems like
1: a lot of money. Oh no, I think that Jerry Lewis was in the millions. Really? Oh yeah.
0: Okay. Yeah. Okay. Then, that's the more reasonable. I wasn't sure how much those things raised.
1: Oh no, millions.
0: Okay. Yeah. Okay. There you go. Da-da-da. Oh. Okay. Side side track from the advertisements. There's a brief scene. There's not even a scene. It's just like a shot as part of this montage of Christmas at the Belboas. Where, uh, oh, I miss that. Rocky Jr. has a bicycle and Rocky has got his Harley Like they've both gotten them as like matching presents and there's like a split second shot it must be like a quarter of a second of Mickey dressed up like Santa Claus in a beard and a hat dancing around <laughs> like a crazy person <laughs> it makes me laugh so hard <laughs> it's the second funniest shot in this movie I'll get to the funniest shot in, in a minute uh, okay, then there's a DeLorean print ad. Yep.
1: I uh, remember that one.
0: Okay, Nikon. Remember that one? Uh this is a photo of Rocky and Butkus the dog. This is the only appearance. This is the Ooh, last I appearance. I remember that one. That's that's the ad is the photo a photo of Rocky and Butkus, so. Okay. Unfortunately Butkus died between movies, so I said I was going to do my Rocky pet watch. So here's a an appearance of Butkus, so I'm going to note it. All right. Uh Amico and Or Harley Davidson. Not sure what the ad is for. There's an Amico thing in the back, but then he's on a Harley-Davidson, and the ad just says, remember the good old days, and that's all it says. So, I don't know. Maserati is a print ad for that. Oh, so you, I missed that one. So you just, remember DeLorean. Both DeLorean and Maserati,
1: which seems like a conflict of interest. And you would think one of the two of them would not allow the other. You'd think so.
0: Well, DeLorean, there's no rules. All bets are off. Do what you want. You can advertise for other... Other.
1: We're not sure how long we're going to be in business. right?
0: Yeah. It made me wonder if Stallone and DeLorean ran in similar circles, where
1: I didn't think Stallone
0: maybe yes because that's... Know eighty one, eighty two. This is before all the bad stuff happened. This yeah. is like just fresh. Like I don't, know. I don't know how long they were even manufacturing DeLoreans at that point. Couldn't have been for long.
1: No, it wasn't.
0: Uh, okay, GQ. Uh, just says September. Doesn't have a year. There's a ridiculous photo of Stallone in a big Stetson hat, <laughs> and it's <laughs> uh, it says Rocky Balboa goes Western. Uh, oh, another sidebar next to the issue of GQ is an issue of Cosmopolitan. And every story listed on this issue of Cosmopolitan is amazing, and I just need to... Run down? I'm not familiar with Cosmopolitan. I didn't realize it was this kind of magazine, but okay. The first one is, my experience with fertility drugs. They finally worked! Exclamation point. (laughs) This is an odd story. Okay, the next one. A truly honest and surprisingly intimate close-up of Faye Dunaway, and which made me laugh about that. It's like, why is it surprisingly intimate? It seems like a shot at your writer's. We can't believe they actually did a good job. <laughs> Seems like a strange thing to say. Um, I'm pretty sure there's a real issue. And then, okay, next one is the most bizarre true crime story we've ever read. It starts with a beautiful, fascinating divorcee enslaved by a deadly stranger, dot, dot, dot. That's it.
1: What? I don't know. Wow.
0: <laughs> Women are being enslaved, and it's the third story. It's, it's not <laughs> that, even the top story.
1: F- fade Dunaway. Bonnie, <laughs> Bonnie and Clyde
0: is far more interesting, yeah, Faye Dunaway. right? Dunaway. This is like, Faye Dunaway was on the decline at this point. This is like Supergirl-era Faye Dunaway. Yep. Okay, next is A Tale of Five Nightgowns. Which one got the husband? <laughs> um, and then, is he having an affair? Parenthesis, a dangerous quiz. Close That's a quiz? <laughs> I guess so. Wow. That's got to be in every issue of Cosmopolitan. Probably. Is your husband having an affair? Probably. Okay, moving on. There's some kind of weird noir noirish watch ad. It's just like a black and white ad of Rocky wearing a watch. And then my favorite one is a photo of Rocky in blue jeans just like kind of sticking out his ass, and it says, Rocky can take it, soaking his Tony llamas. <laughs> that one jumped out at me as strange. That is awesome. Um, okay, Wheaties. We're still going. Budweiser beer. It's a... a billboard of rocky flexing yep. and then we get to the muppet show where is it, you know, we see rocky and the muppet show and then we see all the cheap memorabilia of the t-shirts and all that uh, and some like a montage of him with like presidents and stuff and i think that's it
1: yes um, that's it that is a lot of endorsements
0: yeah he was busy in those three to five years it's ambiguous how
1: long it's been but it's amazing he had time to box actually with working on of yeah, of that
0: stuff. ten title offenses plus all this He's keeping busy. He's a,
1: that maybe that's the reason why he doesn't spend any time with the kid. I don't even want to get into how much that bothers me. By yeah. the way,
0: I don't think he gets a name until the fifth movie. <laughs> I, I mean, <laughs> they just never the kid. Yeah, God, he's Rocky. He's charming. This is just him being a charming, you know. Oaf.
1: I'm leaning with you, bad father.
0: Well, definitely. I'm being facetious, but it's like I think part of it was Stallone just not wanting to commit to a name, you know what I mean? As a screenwriter, it's just like, "Ah, we'll name this kid later." It's it's the one and a half movies later and we still haven't named this character.
1: All right, so my next one, I wouldn't call this necessarily a little detail. I just want to highlight and call out that the dialogue uh with Mickey and Polly in the Thunderlips sequence is is got to be some of the funniest stuff. In this, yeah. you know, series for sure, it's gold. Mickey's on fire in that he, scene. Absolutely, you're right. that <laughs> is line. the way. He, every line, he is on
0: fire. <laughs> what are some of them? I've seen
1: wrestlers bigger than dinosaurs. You ever find a dinosaur kid? No, not they, recently. They can. This is. I love this line. <laughs> yeah. They can cause a variety of damage. <laughs> I love
0: that. Yeah, he's so great in that scene.
1: Uh, 202 pounds is the best one. I, you, you beat me to it, but yeah, but I love Polly's Pauly. question. Why are they can And he's, he's walking. He's walking. <laughs> Which that actually took me a minute to think about how great it was. Like, no, Pauly, he doesn't realize how tall he is. <laughs> yeah, that was funny. And I I know there's a line, I don't have the setup here of uh, who does charity work yeah, like yep. this? Bob Hope. But uh, when, when Polly said, better call Bob Hope.
0: <laughs> no, the, I, my favorite part of that is... Uh, you shouldn't be doing this much you shouldn't be sacrificing your body for charity and he's like Bob Hoopwood. That's true. <laughs>
1: it's Mickey going, that's it's, true. And then you, you said it, but I do love the setup from Rock Rock is how much did they eat? About two hundred and two pounds. What actually I love it, Mickey's smile yeah. is absolutely fantastic. I'm, I'm, he knows he knocked it out of the park. For sure. Yeah, he's leaving it on a high note.
0: He's he getting it out of there.
1: He uh, did drop the microphone on that one.
0: Yeah, I think I, I made reference to that moment in a previous episode because that's how much I love <laughs> that shit-eating grin his. It it's
1: outstanding.
0: So but that stuff is hilarious. i 202 pounds. And weighing in at 202 pounds. Yeah. That stuff is all great, but no, the funniest mo- moment in this movie to me... Is in the middle of the match, Thunderlips is choking Rocky. Okay. Cut to Polly climbing in the ring with a chair, and it's not even so much that Polly doing it. I mean, that's funny in and of itself. That Polly's like, "I better get in there with this chair." It's the noise that Burt Young makes. I laugh my head off every time because he's climbing in the ring with a chair. He, he's he's like shaking. He's terrified, and he makes this noise like, "Oh!" <laughs> Just <laughs> I don't remember that at all. Oh, it's so good. I think I blew out the mic. That's how much <laughs> I, I, just, I love that moment so much.
1: Well, and so, again, it's, it's not necessarily a little detail. It has to, It's a scene that probably shouldn't be in the movie. I'm glad it is because even, to take a step back, I like Hulk Hogan. I like everything about it. But <laughs> Mick, Mickey in particular, he is, as you put it, on fire. Hulk Hogan is
0: great in this movie. You know, I think this was kind of before his persona was established, the one that we know now, you know, say I'm your sure prayers I, and eat your vitamins and all that. Yeah, right?
1: but I'm sure that this this had to jumpstart his career. Oh, 100%. Yeah. This,
0: I mean, this movie jumpstarted a ton of careers. It wasn't just Hulk Hogan and Mr. T. It was Survivor making Eye of the Tiger. It's like the impact on pop culture this movie had is just indescribable. I think originally they wanted Andre the Giant and he wouldn't do it. And so they ended up getting Hulk Hogan, and yeah, based on this movie, he springboarded into being one of the f- most famous wrestler in the world. Um, yeah, it's one hundred percent based on Rocky III. I don't think there's any doubt. I don't even think Hulk Hogan would deny that. Um, and I, he's his persona in this movie is so hilarious too. Thunderlifts the ultimate male, <laughs> it's so funny. Those girls in the corner. Ooh. They're just kind of over there, like squirming or whatever they're doing.
1: So, do you think in uh, I, I guess I should save this for questions, although I don't think I had this as one. Do you think that they're like his manager and so they they're like they serve as the distraction and maybe they hit somebody with a chair every once in a while? I
0: don't know if they're hitting them with a chair, or they're probably like, yoohoo, they're probably doing that, and his opponent's like, oh,
1: and then and look away at uh, the distraction and then yeah, he gets the upper hand.
0: <laughs> I love his stuff where he's just like. The ultimate male versus the ultimate meatball. And then, and then uh, the crowd's booing him, and he's just like, you all shut up. I'm going to break him in half like this. <laughs> Something about that makes me laugh, too. Hulk Hogan just going like, I'm going to break him in half like this. He's got to demonstrate with his hands. <laughs> this is <laughs> of what breaking in half is yeah, going to ex- Exactly. In case you didn't understand the concept of breaking in half, <laughs> I'm going to demonstrate with my hands.
1: Uh, all right. So what, what else have you got on the little details? I've got more, but I want to I be fair.
0: Uh, okay, let's... I want to praise Mr. T, even though I, I'm a little critical of the character of Clubber Lang. Or again, not the, I'm critical of the screenplay, not giving yeah. him more time. Um, but I do like what Mr. T is doing in this movie. In particular, he has a very strange cadence the way he delivers lines. And it's almost like it's so bad and wooden that it starts to feel natural again. Okay. Like, in the, in, when he confronts Rocky at the statue... And he's telling these people, like, ah, he won't give me a shot. And he goes, I am ranked number one. One! And just, he says it so quickly. No human being would say, I am ranked number one. One! You know, he says it so quick. (laughs) Um, And then later, he's being interviewed after he's won the title. And he's just like.
1: The TV interview? Yeah, he's like,
0: that was no challenge. But I do accept the challenge. Because I want to show the world that, you know, whatever. It wasn't a fluke. He says, it's this very particular way he delivers this line where he goes, I can't be beat. And I won't be beat. You know, he, like, says yes, both, both parts the exact same way. <laughs> I can't be beat, and I won't be beat. It's, like, it's like so robotic that yeah. it's natural in a weird way. There's a couple more. Um, I forget what else. I mean, even I pity the fool, which, obviously, another thing that became.
1: Just blew up. <laughs> yeah.
0: I mean, H- even what he said was that.
1: bigger, that or where's the beef? I mean, those had to be, like, one A and one B. I'm surprised they
0: didn't cross those over and add Mr. <laughs> T show. <you> know, <laughs> that would have been in. great. Yeah, I just, I like Mr. T's performance, even though I don't think he's a good actor in the slightest. It's just like, he's just being himself, and that's enough. Even though
1: he's. Yeah, the persona comes through.
0: He's so wooden, but you almost don't notice. It's only when I started, like, really paying attention, I was like, wow, he's really wooden. But who cares? It doesn't matter. He still it works. it's still a good performance. It's like the best wooden performance in the history of film. I <laughs> <laughs> you know, I don't know. I'm sure that's, you know, faint praise, that's, but I I'm was just gonna saying say That's not a very high bar. It's it's definitely Mr. T's best performance.
1: All right, well, so I've got one here that I want to it's maybe it's a question. I, did you notice Clubber's Celebration Noise? <laughs> yes. Uh,
0: that's another uh. that's another one. Yeah. He it, makes the two exact same grunts in a row. Uh, yeah,
1: that I'm like, this kind of feels like a porno. I'm sorry, <laughs> it really does.
0: It is very strange. Yeah, I'm the champion of the world. Uh, uh, I'm like, what? But again, he does it the same, the exact it, same it, way twice, it's back to back. Uh, uh.
1: <laughs> that, nobody celebrates
0: that way. Even in victory, he's angry. That's just how angry he is.
1: He's yeah. angry at the it, that he won. that that, and that goes back to your criticism. They don't. They don't give any depth to it. He's just an angry guy.
0: Yeah, he doesn't even smile when he wins the title. He's still well, just this angry right. person.
1: And that's the thing is, even when he's champion, he's still angry. He's still not happy about it. He's pushing spectators.
0: Well, I- that spectator did run at him and say something. And I mean, I don't know if you heard but, what the guy said. No. I'm pretty sure he says, go back to where you came from.
1: Really? Yeah, I think. Oh, wow. Go back to, go back to where you came from. Clover, right, you actually you probably should have just laid him out.
0: Well, that's the thing. Like, that kind of gives a certain amount of sympathy for him. It's like, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't know if you really want to lean into that stuff. It might have been a problem in a different way, but it's like, I'm pretty sure that's what that guy says. Oh there's, oh, there's the other guy before the first fight where Clubber's like, I don't want no questions. I'm, I'm, I'll let my fist do the talking. whatever he says. And one guy like shouting, like answer our question. What do you think about this? And one guy shouts Clubber dance for us. I swear to you. One really? guy shouts Clubber dance for us or like do a dance. I swear, one guy shouts that. Wow! So it's like there's like little things like this. Weird it stuff should not in this be movie. there.
1: Yeah, I don't know. Uh, uh, so, getting a little bit later in the movie, I love the fact, and I, I should have just known this is the reason why Apollo Creed was champion of the world. He came up and trained at Tough Gym.
0: Tough Gym, that's right. That <laughs> is
1: amazing.
0: Yeah, it is a tough gym. It's de- <laughs> it is very descriptive of the gym. Absolutely, it is accurate. <laughs> it's got gangsters in it. It looks like they walked off of the Michael Jackson uh, "Beat It" video. <laughs> or no, not "Beat It." It's more. It's more smooth criminal than "Beat It." That you're, guy's very well dressed. You're absolutely right. <laughs> That guy's great. I mean, that guy being there just perfectly paints the picture. Just like, yeah, that guy's a gangster. It's it's smooth criminal. (laughs) I mean, it it communicates that we don't need to know who that guy is. It's just like, yeah, okay. That guy's a gangster. I get it. He's dressed like a gangster. Uh, I love the spray paint in the bathroom of Tough Jim where it says flush, damn it. Just, (laughs) just, Just in green spray paint.
1: What? I mean, what? How how many times did somebody have to walk in that they oh, got yeah. that it got to the point that they had to spray paint flush? Damn it! Yeah,
0: I mean, I'm sure. I mean, it doesn't look clean even flush. So no, but, I don't know how much difference it makes.
1: Oh, uh, what else have you got?
0: Uh, not too much. I've got the th- the three guys that Rocky fights in that montage. Who, you know, the, the names that we see. Yep. We already mentioned Joe Zack. <clears throat> There's a guy named Brad Allen. And the third guy is, I think this maybe should go on our scale. Oh, okay. It's on a marquee. It says Rocky Balboa versus Big Yank Ball. (laughs) Do you remember that? Big Yank Ball? What kind of name is that?
1: But we're, okay, we're on the scale. What would Big Yank (laughs) Yank Ball be? I feel like Big
0: Yank Ball is a movie that totally wastes your time. (laughs) Ah, this thing's a Big Yank Ball. (laughs) Right? Have we had any? I mean, mean, maybe Stop My Mom Will Shoot is a Big Yank Ball. Yeah, probably. <laughs> I don't know if we should change our scale. I mean, I've already addend- made an addendum yes, to the scale, did.
1: so we could make more addendums. Well, because I guess wouldn't escape plan two also be that?
0: It's tough to say which. I think okay. Here is what I think a yank, big yank ball is, is: where it seems like like a movie where it all ends up being a dream. Like it, gotcha. it, it, that's the kind of way a fraud. It, is yeah, exactly. You are saying it's a fraud. The whole thing's a big yank ball.
1: All right. So I'd say we probably reserve it, but I think the de- the definition of it is it's a fraud. Because I mean, really, that's what rocky is concerned about right is all those fights like big yank ball were fraudulent that they weren't real that he wasn't a real champion no,
0: here here's a director who makes movies that are big yank balls m night Shyamalan movies <laughs> those are all big yank balls i got gotcha. you understand yes it's just like the whole move thing was a waste of time because of some revelation at the end i so got maybe it. we can
1: add that i can't the, imagine we're going to have any of those on this podcast but fair enough i just want to know what's his
0: real name is his real name yank like what part of that is the nickname it seems like all nickname. He has no name left. You know, like, boxers get their nicknames. I mean, I guess, I guess Rocky is the Italian Stallion, so maybe he just... Don't call me J- Jim well, Smith. wait,
1: wait, wait. I'm gonna go back to the Simpsons. Maybe it was a progression. At sure. first, it was Kid Gorgeous. Uh, <laughs> then it was Kid Presentable. Then it was Kid Gruesome. And finally, Kid Mo.
0: First was Big Handsome Ball, and then... <laughs>
1: yes, exactly.
0: Big Presentable Ball, and then Big Yank Ball.
1: Uh, Alright, so I don't have much more, but... That we haven't already covered, but I think my favorite clubber, I love the prediction. I just love his... It does break the fourth wall that he looks out to the audience, but I love his prediction of pain. Yeah, that's good. Yeah.
0: I I honestly don't think it breaks the fourth wall, really. I saw on IMDb someone say, oh, he breaks the fourth wall, but he's being interviewed by a television crew, so I just imagine he's looking into the television camera. I don't find that all that fourth wall breaking it doesn 't really like, take me out or i don 't really notice it as a
1: i don't maybe it doesn 't take you out of the movie, but I guess it 's because the rest of the interview and maybe it is just for the the effect sure that, that he 's he's, he's looking through to Balboa right. but I mean the rest of the interview he 's you know making eye contact and talking with the person asking him the questions that 's the only reason I guess maybe I, I noted that
0: but no yeah i think it's it 's clever Lang turning to the camera for effect it 's that character saying i 'm going to look into the TV camera and yeah make a point there 's another character who looks into the camera in this movie. This jumped out at me weirdly. Like, the clever line looking to the camera doesn't bother me. But there's a lady w- during Rocky's first uh, training sequence, and there's all these people buying swag. Yeah, getting kisses. <laughs> and there's little, that, le- that woman who gets a uh, kiss is uh, Stallone's first wife. Oh, that makes so sense. There you go. Um, No, it's a little lady with a Rocky Balboa punching bag, like the kind that you knock down and it comes back up. She's just walking around this big banquet hall, looking around, and then she sees the camera and kind of looks at it and smiles. (laughs) I notice her every time. Every time I say, "Oh, there's that lady who looks at the camera," it always. I'm surprised
1: they didn't cut because if it's that clear that she's looking at the camera,
0: yeah, and it's right at the end of the shot. Like they could have cut the shot a second earlier, and she wouldn't have been looking at the camera. There are two great extras in this movie. I'm surprised I forgot about the other guy. Another one of my favorite movie extras is when Rocky announces he's going to retire. Yeah. He's like, I think uh, I might retire. And they cut to the crowd. And they're all like, no, 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 no. And, and one guy is just like. He's really upset. He's like so prominent. He's just like, no, no. <laughs> I mean, he got his lessons, his acting lessons from Mr. T, I guess. <laughs> You make sure you hit the tone twice. Uh, yeah, I, I that guy again, just little people
1: like background extras that jump out of me. That's a guy that always jumps out of me. No, <laughs> all right. So that's it for me on the little details. You got anything else we want to make sure we cover? Uh,
0: no, just well, yes, one last thing in terms of Eye of the Tiger. Um, apparently, there were two other songs that were considered to oh. be used for that opening montage. Stallone briefly considered using another one, Bites the Dust by Queen. Yeah. Uh-huh. That was already a hit, though, so it's like it wasn't written for the movie. And like "Eye of the Tiger," which was written obviously for Rocky Three, and they talk about "The Eye of the Tiger" in the movie. So, but another song was written for Rocky Three, and it was rejected by Sylvester Stallone because he thought the song was terrible. And then the song was reused in The Karate Kid. It's "You're the Best Around." That song was written for Rocky Three. It was oh, supposed wow. to be in this in this montage, and so, Stallone hated it, and I and, and with good cause because I think <laughs> that song is not worthy the, of Rocky. III. I was going to say it
1: doesn't feel like Rocky at all.
0: No, not at all. I'm not a huge fan of I the Tiger, but it's th- that. Oh, it's way better. <laughs> it's a Rocky song for sure. I Absolutely, mean, it, it really is. So yeah, that's the only thing I I thought it was interesting. I yeah. never in a million years. It makes sense because John Adelson directed to Kid. And he directed the first Rocky, so I'm sure he and Stallone are still in touch. This guy wrote this song, and I
1: hated it. I think it's junk. You want it? Yeah, why don't you use it? All right, time for The Devil's Advocate. All right, let's do it.
0: I want to ask you a bunch of questions, and I want to have them answered immediately.
1: All right, so this is the segment where we uh, have highlighted questions that we ask each other uh, from different parts of the movie, and we do our best to try and answer them. Uh, Sometimes we're successful, and sometimes we're not. Mm -hmm. Uh, You want to lead off this one? Sure. Let's start with the statue unveiling again.
0: There's the marching band playing the Rocky theme. And then later, when Rocky's training, he's got a string quartet, and they're also playing the Rocky theme. Okay. The famous Bill Conti Rocky theme. In the world of Rocky, where did this piece of music come from? Why is this Rocky's theme in the reality of Rocky? Who wrote this song? Did they write it for him, or is this just a piece of music... How did this happen?
1: it I can say that the drum version exists because, Mr. T signed that drum. That's true. Yeah, I did notice that too. So, so because Mr. T signed that drum,
0: maybe do your, your signatures after you're done shooting the scene, Mr. T. It was <laughs> or, his first movie, but yeah, that made it in the
1: movie. So I, yeah, exactly, since it made it into the movie, I think that's the way you know the Jack Slater m- magic uh, movie ticket got the Rocky theme into the m- movie. So are you?
0: Are you theorizing <laughs> that in this world, Mr. T is an orchestra conductor and that he, that's why he signed the drum because this is property of Mr. T. This is my band. Yes, and he wrote the piece of music for Rocky. But and he, then is this the first time it was ever performed? Is this the debut of the Rocky theme? Or is this yeah, a it's known a, it's song? A,
1: it's a, no, it's a statue unveiling. Yeah, this is the debut. But even though this crappy high school band
0: is how it's being debuted,
1: you and kind then, of you boxed me into a corner with that one.
0: <laughs> and then only a couple months later, this string quartet knows it. They're playing a little softer well, cause version. Well, because
1: it caught it. on,
0: I guess. It's, so well, this is a big they, hit. In this well, world. yeah,
1: it was. It's a big hit because that would have been a big media event. the The, the showdown and the you know the, the argument between Clubber Lang that would have gotten a lot of publicity. And so there was probably some you know video footage of the Mister T <laughs> <Sure>. drum. <laughs> playing that song. Uh, Sure. (laughs) Rocky's Theme by Mr. T. Yeah, think about the way the Eye of the Tiger, because if you would have gone down like two months in those Billboard 100, Eye of the Tiger spent multiple, multiple weeks at number one, so... It makes sure. sense that if I the tiger could get that kind of play that yeah the rocky theme it would it would start to snowball. That's a pop song.
0: It's not a, a orchestral piece of music, you know?
1: You got me. <laughs> I did my best. I'm not
0: trying to get you. I'm just trying to, you know, I'm just saying I don't understand how this music can exist in the world of Rocky. All right. I mean James Bond did this too. Remember in Octopussy where the guy yeah. plays the James Bond theme on a the flute? It's like I the do code remember. the code for yeah. So I mean, it the, it happens. Oh, wait. No, that was after this, wasn't it? That was 83. Yes. Hmm. So I guess the early 80s is just like every movie franchise is just We're like. We're going to work it in. Yeah, we've got to work our theme music into the reality of the movie somehow. That's bizarre. Anyway.
1: All right. So my first one is, I want to know. So in that opening sequence, or maybe that's in the opening sequence, when Paulie, when he's getting bailed out, he, uh, he throws that watch down mm-hmm. in disgust. The X-Lags watch. <laughs> Thank you. You bought me this lousy X Lacks watch. So I want to ask, was Paulie right? Was that legitimately a fake? Because to me it seems like he kicks it and it gets le they get in the car and they drive off. I don't think that watch gets picked up. So was was Pauly right and Rocky just he guilt by you know by admission or admission by the fact that he never goes to pick up the X Lacks watch. Is it a fake?
0: I have a memory of Rocky picking up the watch, but maybe I just it's, assumed that. Maybe my br- my mind filled
1: that in. It's off screen. If it's picked up, it's definitely off screen.
0: Okay. Um, no, I think this is the watch we see him buy Polly in Rocky Two from a legitimate like jewelry store. Okay. I would assume. All right. So just remember, oh, uh, you know, get one for Polly, or no? I think
1: Adrian says get one for Polly. Do we see him get it? I don't remember. I don't think so. I think, but Paul- I, th- I think th- Polly might have got an X-Lax watch. <laughs>
0: Uh, yeah, possibly. I think, okay, I'm jumping ahead, but I think we see that watch again. So I think oh. someone must have picked it up. Okay, all right. I think. I'm not sure. There's, there's a lot of little details like that where the Rocky series I mean, is very attentive to details like that. Okay. So.
1: And what will happen is the podcast that we've connected with on Twitter that are hardcore Rocky Rocky fans, they're going to light light us up for not knowing that that, uh, that watch carries forward. Well, we're
0: not a Rocky podcast. Touche. We're barely a Sylvester Stallone podcast. <laughs> We're the only Sylvester Stallone podcast where we don't like the the movies we're watching.
1: I like are, this movie.
0: No, I, I like it too. I'm just saying we are a very peculiar podcast because we're not we're not a fan podcast. We're watching every movie, but it's just yeah. like it puts us in a weird place sometimes. So you know, you know, I'm a fan of the Rocky movies, but I'm not going to claim to be an expert or know every detail. All right, I think that rock watch comes back, but I could be misremembering.
1: All right, so here's here's one that I I think is very important for me to understand. So the the charity fight. With Thunder Lips. Mm-hmm. We see not the entire crowd, but most of the crowd. They're dressed like I would expect if you were uh, going to like, I don't know, like a fish fry fundraiser. It's, it doesn't seem like it's a formal event, which is fine. <laughs> sure, I know where you're going with you this. You already know. Why is Clubber in a tuxedo? <laughs> He's just a very dapper. He likes to be well dressed. I could I could buy that, but not
0: a tuxedo, man. Sure. With like ruffles. It's like, <laughs> yes. yeah, it is very, very formal. What is he wearing at the statue? I don't remember. remember he's just—I
1: mean—he's wearing you know regular kind of I don't know street clothes. I mean, nothing, nothing—a not suit or anything? No, like. not at all. And nobody—I don't think anybody other than that public official that you noted. I don't think anybody else. And Rock is really wearing a suit, um, so I don't think the crowd was expected to there either. But I mean, Clubber really stands out in that audience because the rest of them look like. They were going to a fish fry.
0: Well, you know, sometimes you don't know. You know, it's a charitable event. Maybe he just made an assumption. Like, oh, you know, I, I better play it safe and dress no. formal. No,
1: like- <laughs> those invitations and things—they say how you're supposed to dress. For well, presumably, th- for this things- is just a ticket you buy, right? But, no, but for, that's what my point is: is for events that would require business attire. Or formal, where you're wearing a tuxedo with tails, which he may have had. Yeah. It absolutely says it. Otherwise, you can assume you don't have any special dress.
0: Doesn't seem like any kind of exclusive like event where oh, you know. Oh, you're you're paying two hundred dollars a plate. You know, it's it's not like that kind of a thing where you're paying for the privilege of attending. It's not. You just buy a ticket like any other sporting event. I know, like. but
1: that's my point. Is is that for an event like that, you wouldn't. You certainly wouldn't be wearing a tuxedo. But whatever. <laughs>
0: I don't know. He wanted to stand out. I guess.
1: And he, and he definitely did.
0: <laughs> that's that's uh, well. <laughs> Here's my actual answer. I wonder if that moment of him getting up and disgustedly leaving is from a different part of the movie and they just stuck it in there.
1: Oh, I didn't that, think about that.
0: I don't think you really see him. You know, you just see yeah, a me, shot of him. in Yeah, a,
1: you don't see Thunder Lips or anything like in a wide angle yeah, and see him there. He's just
0: yeah. in a crowd, a generic crowd. Like They could have stolen that from the montage or that's, something. That's
1: probably what it was. That'd be my guess. Yeah. All right, what else you got?
0: Okay, so this is a pretty simple question. What happened to Rocky's bad eye from Rocky Two? He could be- he couldn't see punches coming at him. It was a huge problem. They did totally change his fighting style.
1: I I have a similar question, so I'm not going to I can't answer that. I have a similar question but on the reverse. It was such a huge deal that Duke did not want Apollo to fight Rocky cuz he was left-handed. Why does that not seem to be in the least bit of a con- a concern at all to clubber?
0: Oh, I have an answer for that. Oh, what is it? Clubber is also left handed.
1: Oh is he? Yeah. I I didn't notice it.
0: It's very offhand it's 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 tossed away, but one of the announcers says Oh, these two southpaws or whatever. Oh, just, all
1: right. Well, then you got me there. <coughs> yeah, all right, it's so, very tossed off. The, the eye? <laughs> you always say that I got you there.
0: I'm not trying to get you. It's just... No, well, whatever. You know, just you answering was, your question. You answered it.
1: I, I, I don't mean it by that, but... <laughs> you do that all the time. You got me. It's all not right. a
0: competition. I'm just, we're just
1: having a conversation. <laughs> you you answered it. Uh, why why is Rock's Eye outside of the fact that it's just a, a movie mistake? Uh, I got it. Polly said that Rock went and got his face fixed up. Got the eye fixed. That's a very good
0: answer. I mean, that's kind of what I was thinking also, but I wasn't sure. No,
1: that's, what I, I, th- that's loose, but that's what I'm going to go with. It's
0: not the first time that some kind of medical issue is glossed over in the Rocky franchise. Or I should say, it is the first time, but it's not the last it,
1: time. It won't be the last. Um, right. All right, so here's my question for you. Is Thunderlips the original Ultimate Warrior? Because he seems like he is just on a different planet, and if so, was... Can you see Thunderlips doing that interview that I showed you of the Ultimate Warrior on whatever the equivalent of the like Johnny Carson cuz Carson probably would have been the Arsenio Hall of 1982? Oh okay yeah yeah. So it won. Is Thunderlips is he the original Ultimate Warrior cuz he seems like he is just on a different planet?
0: I don't know if Ultimate Warrior had an off switch. Even in his like private life, whereas Thunderlips, once the match is over, he does he, he does, does come kinda,
1: overnight. Nice match, and he does the Polaroid. Yeah, he yeah, takes exactly. the picture with him.
0: Yeah, sure. I love I love Hulk Hogan's uh, delivery. It was like, yeah, you want to still do that photo? Yeah, sure. <laughs> Something okay. about that. Like, very understated. It makes me laugh.
1: But how about the persona? So you're right. The the or the actual Ultimate Warrior. There was no line between character and human or uh, yeah. Sure, performer. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but. I don't know. It's just the the presentation of Thunder reminded me of the Ultimate Warrior.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, it's it's more like coked up, I guess I would say, than, yes. than the average Hulk Hogan performance. I mean, well, Hogan giving like in an interview, he was always like, oh, I'm going to defeat you. He was always so wired up. But then in, yeah, in, in the ring, he was a little more, I don't know what, how you describe it. Not, yeah. It was, uh, or measured, I guess. Whereas yeah. here he's just going crazy. I love the shot where he's fighting through the crowd He's outside of the ring and Rocky's gotten back in, and he's fighting to the Thunderbolt's fighting to try to get back in there, and he just slams his fists down on the mat. Yep. And the soundtrack has a sound like a bomb going off. He's just like, "Get out of my way, worms!" <laughs> <laughs> his, his hands it's hit the mat. Atomic bomb went off in the stadium. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no question. I mean, I. I well speaking of I'm surprised that Clever Lang never came back in the series. Boy, what a missed opportunity to not bring Thunderlips back. I know he's a wrestler, it's like you can't just do the scene again. How why would he ever come back? He's not gonna become a boxer, but wouldn't
1: it so let's just think this through and out loud for a minute. How great would it have been? I lo, I mean, I really truly enjoy Apollo's dancing around with James Brown in Rocky Four. Can you imagine if they had like a Russian equivalent wrestler? wrestling with Thunder Lips. Like, in a side by side ring, how great would that have been? Wait, a Russian? Yeah, I mean, come up, you know, with whatever. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, <laughs> you know, some so because that's actually in the the TV show Glow, where they have you know one of the personas. The the you know you got the American girl versus you know basically the Soviet. I forget what they they come up with the character name. Sure. But how great would that have been of having Thunderlips and some you know basically like Russian wrestler?
0: It's like the undercard. You have the the yeah. wrestling match before the. I mean, that's also a charity event, so it yeah. makes perfect sense, yeah. yeah.
1: That would have been a great way to bring Hogan back. I mean, a Russian wrestler is perfect because it's
0: like there's all kinds of, you know, there's a long history of wrestling in Russia. They wrestled bears over there, for Christ's (laughs) sake. I mean, (laughs) they definitely could have found a wrestler to be the Russian wrestler. Maybe that's what they
1: should have had instead. They should have had Thunderlips go up against a bear.
0: Sure. Well, I was about to say, that's kind of the problem, is that Thunder Lips is a bad guy, so how do you reconcile that in Rocky Four to have him wrestle the evil like any, empire?
1: Well, it's like anything else, right? All, he's, he's, he's switched. He's no longer the foil. <laughs>
0: well, sure, but how much time are you spending on this B storyline in a Rocky movie? we got to tell the tale of Thunder Lips' well, face turn. Wait,
1: no, couldn't he have taken on the persona? He changed to on the persona of Sergeant Slaughter.
0: <laughs> okay. I mean, by, by the time Rocky IV came out, Hulk Hogan was Hulk Hogan, so yeah, they could, he could have just become the you know that persona. Yeah, um, I was never to be honest with you. I'm not even as a kid. I was not a big fan of Hulk Hogan. Neither was I. So like seeing him as Thunderlips is so refreshing. And seeing him in a different character, a different wrestling persona. I love Thunderlips. Thunder. He should have wrestled as Thunderlips. I know. Actually, at this time in his career, he was mostly a bad guy and was more like this than like he became. This is so much better than Hulk Hogan, real American hero, take your vitamins, say your prayers. You know, this is... <laughs> I love your
1: cynicism on that.
0: Why? I, I, it's not an interesting character. Just because he's the real American hero doesn't mean I have to, like, root for him. That character is boring. I was bored by that character as a kid. He's going to come out, he's going to rip his shirt, he's going to beat the guy in two minutes, he's going to slam him, he's going to leg drop him one, two, three, and he's going to get up and point at the crowd for five minutes. And go ooh and put his hand to his ear. Every match was the same. This
1: Thunderlips match is different. He does a leg drop, and then that's not even the finisher. He's like there's like way more to it. Uh, he gets a suplex. He almost he's not a perfect. because only Mr. Perfect could do a perfect plex. That's true. It's a pretty good suplex, though. <laughs> actually, a really good suplex.
0: Is, Stallone's taking most of these bumps. I think. Like he's really no, in there. Well, that had to be a. I think. That, I think that suplexes him getting tossed out of the ring is definitely not him. Yeah. that's a stunt man. But I. I think that Stallone may is getting a <laughs> suplex. Paulie Bert Young for sure takes a real bump. Like he gets put in a headlock and gets punched, and he he falls like a champ. <laughs> Bert Young could have you know good job. I'd buy him as a wrestling manager. You, you get in there and you take one punch to the head and you roll out of the ring. Like he
1: could have done that. I, yeah, I like I like Paulie as a wrestling manager. I think that actually all he does his job. He runs in there with the chair. That's his job. All of the jobs he was trying to find. You know, he wanted to be an enforcer for the mob. I think I think Pauly's calling was to be a wrestling manager.
0: It's it's no question in my mind the funniest Paulie moment in the entire shit. I love him running in with that chair. You,
1: oh you think that's funnier than him getting pulled in the pool? I I really do like him getting pulled in the pool during the the uh, training sequence. That's
0: kind of funny. I think he should have reacted more. He just kind of goes in straight. He's so stiff. You know, he he's just rigidly falls in. I think he should have been like, "Whoa!" and he got kind of flailed a little more. <laughs> he just kind of like accepts it. Like he's like, "Well, I'm going into the pool now."
1: You it's know, probably that's, mainly because Bert Young had to do it so many times that 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 probably is just what naturally happens.
0: It's probably for safety; they don't want him like slipping and like cracking his knee on the side of the pool. Like it's probably the safest thing to just go like. Rrr. Yeah, he he, he he falls like a like a leaning tower pizza. He just kind of goes like. Rrr. Um, but no, it's it. That's funny. All right, so I, it's honestly just the noise Bert Young makes that. <laughs> I swear, I laugh for a minute straight every time I see that moment.
1: All right, we're gonna have to pull it up actually after the episode. All right, let's do that. Uh, all right. So that was mine. I was talking about Thunderlips. What else have you got? I don't want to dominate this. Uh,
0: I think I only have one more. Okay. Oh, I have two more. First things first. Rocky, Adrian, Paulie, and Apollo Apollo, all fly to L.A. together. They land. They get in a cab. They take the cab to a, some flop house they're going to stay at. Paulie gets out of the cab and asks, what the hell are we doing in L.A.? Why is he asking this now? <laughs> He just had a presumably a 10-hour flight. You all agreed to go to L.A. He gets out of the cab and goes, what are we doing in L.A.?
1: He's the placeholder for the audience. (laughs) Sure, yeah. That's
0: the real answer. It's a movie trope. This happens, especially back then, it happened all the time. Yeah,
1: but you are absolutely right. He would have figured it out when he boarded the plane in Philly, even if he was hammered. When he woke up at LAX or John Wayne or wherever they flew into, he would have figured out quickly that they were in
0: LA. Honestly, I liked the answer that he was hammered better. (laughs) He just spent the last 12 hours just in a drunken stupor. (laughs) They they just had to pour him into the seat,
1: basically. Okay. (laughs) All right. um, So...
0: (laughs) Take him along with another son. (laughs) That would...
1: would, That was, he's more important. The the son we already covered it. That, I, honestly, that's the one the thing that bothers me probably the most about this movie yeah. is that uh, their kid. If one, they refer to him as the kid, and he's an afterthought. They leave him with a nanny, what? and Pauly comes out to L.A. To be fair, Rocky refers to him as the kid. I don't think Adrian ever. No, she doesn't you
0: know, one way or the other. She
1: doesn't correct him either, or he, yeah, she doesn't correct him and say you know. I don't remember from later movies what Rocky's son's name is, so I...
0: Should I tell you? <laughs> is it a spoiler? No, it's I not mean, a spoiler. It, it but... has not been established as of now. All right, whatever. <clears throat> well, in Rocky 2, they say, like, should we call him Rocky Jr.? So, I mean, technically Rocky is short for Robert, but that's... It's Robert. Okay. But they call him Rocky Jr. in, in
1: 5. But the point is, so if it's Robert, she should have corrected him there.
0: But it's it's just... It's intended to be... I think Stallone thinks it's charming. It's just like a little... It's supposed to be Rocky's... One of Rocky's little quirks. (laughs) You're just not accepting this at all. I'm not accepting it.
1: I'm not excusing it. I'm just saying that's what it's supposed to be. All right. So here's... Actually, I think I'm going to go... This is my last one because my other one isn't actually that great of a question. All right. I want to know why is... So in the the, the rematch with Clubber... Why does Rocky's team have red shirts if he was going to wear the normal yellow gear? Let me follow it up. Sure. Did Apollo go and get that gear? And what if Rocky said no to wearing his trunks, the, you know, the Apollo, basically the Creed trunks from the first fight? So what if he said no? They're going to have all these red shirts and it's not going to match the, the yellow gear that Rock normally wears? Maybe he had intended
0: to wear his red trunks from the first fight. From or from the first
1: movie, Rocky's, uh, Rocky's red trunks. Yeah,
0: maybe that was the original plan. So they all they all wore red. Okay, all right. Because yeah, he he tends to wear yellow in this period. At this point, his he's very much all he's typically in yellow gear.
1: Yeah, they got a whole stallion in that in the at the bottom of the ring with yeah. blowing smoke, and it's all in yellow and black. I do like that logo. I would it totally, is cool. I
0: would totally buy a t shirt with that logo, even though I don't wear a lot of t shirts. Um, it's even on his motorcycle. That's, Oh,
1: I missed that. Yeah, it's for sure. All right, but I, I have another question on the shirts then. Let's say you're right. Why does, why would Creed get Pauly one that says Pauly? All the rest of them say Rocky
0: does it say Polly. Yeah, it says Polly. I I have to think Polly insisted on that. If that's the case, I've never noticed that. The Polly says Polly says says Polly, and the rest of them say Rocky.
1: But I, I, I'm assuming that's that, really funny. that's true, I, I, I never noticed that. I'm assuming that Apollo got him. So maybe it's unfair. Maybe Polly's the one who got him, and maybe you're right. <laughs> right. Yeah. That the intention was he was going to wear the red the red trunks. I just I assumed that it was going to be yellow.
0: Yeah. I mean, I I don't know. I I'm not sure if he's always in yellow. I think in that montage. I thought mixes so, it I could be bit. wrong. I think sometimes it's he, he does wear a red headband when he's training at one point. So I did note it because it's like, this is pre Rambo. And like after Rambo too. red head headbands is only for Rambo. It's like, that is a Rambo thing. <laughs> um, cause he wears one in Rocky too. Also, I meant to mention it and I never did, but it's like, yeah, it's like at this point, it's weird to see Rocky wearing a red headband. Cause it's like, well now he just looks like Rambo cause he's wearing a red headband and that's Rambo's thing. Anyway. This is a question about Al the Cut Man. He's been in Rocky's corner all three movies. Mickey
1: dies. Where? What happened to Al? Uh, <laughs> Rocky doesn't want to bring him in. So Mickey dies. You've got the rematch. I, you know what? I think there is a legitimate answer to this. Okay. You've got Duke. You got Apollo. Paulie is kind of the placeholder from you know, kind of the the old crew. I think Apollo and Duke, I think they've replaced everything. You're in LA, you get an LA cutman. That's what they I think. They've got their
0: own guy yeah. and they're not going to mix that, and match.
1: That's but, what I think it is. Okay, I just feel bad for that guy. I do I can understand that, but I think Paulie's the only holdover.
0: One of the most minor characters in the entire franchise, you don't even really notice he's there. He's always in Rocky's corner for all three of these movies, and he just disappears. The last time you see him is at Mickey's funeral. It's only Rocky, Maybe. Adrian, Paulie, and him. He's like <laughs> the only person there, basically.
1: I mean, honestly, he may have said, you know what? Now that makes. I'm done. I'm retired. Maybe. Maybe, out of like, maybe he just worked with Mickey, and that was it. Okay. Once Mick was done, he was done. Okay.
0: I would like to have seen him come back at some point. Spoilers, he doesn't. This is the last time we see him. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty sure that actor has died now, so he's not going to come back and create That would be weird. Remember me, I was the cut man who never said anything. I think the only time he speaks is in this movie. I think he gets his first line of dialogue. It's when Mickey has, has heart problems during the Thunderlips fight. <laughs> He's like, Are you all right? I think that's the only, thing, only line of dialogue that guy ever gets in this franchise.
1: All right. But that's so that's the last question. Yeah. Sure. All right. Devil's Advocate. Moving on to the Silk Cozart corner. All right. Both of
2: y'all. Yes, y'all. Go back to World.
0: Okay. So this is a segment where I go into a deep dive. On some piece of internet trivia that was inspired by the movie. I'm always interested
1: where you will take us.
0: Well, I will take us down a Mr. T rabbit hole. Uh, I just wanted to do kind of a retrospective of Mr. T's career. All right. So, first things first, I saw a story about when he enlisted in the army that made me laugh. So, we're going to start there. This is from Wikipedia. <clears throat> in July 1976, oh, his, his real name is Lawrence Turode. So, that's... That's uh, what they're going to the call The T, yeah. In July 1976, tarodes platoon sergeant punished him by giving him the detail of chopping down trees during training camp at Fort McCoy in Wisconsin, but not, did not tell him how many trees. So tarode single-handedly chopped down over 70 trees from 6.30 to 10 o'clock a.m. when a shocked major superseded the sergeant's orders.
1: He <laughs> said me- stop cutting down all the
0: trees. What's funny to me about this and living in the Chicago area... I'm familiar with the story. I'm not sure if uh you are or I'm I'm guessing oh, this is not a, I,
1: I know where you're going. You know where I'm going with this? Yeah, yes. Yeah,
0: yeah. This is probably not a widely known story outside of Chicago, but it's well known in Chicago in the Chicago area. Uh it is uh, known colloquially as the Lake Forest Chainsaw Massacre <laughs> where Mr. T had a home in Lake Forest, Illinois,
1: and it had
0: a lot of like it was in a forested area. It was just like Trees that have been there probably hundreds of years.
1: Yeah, and for people I, that, you know, don't know the area, Lake Forest oh, is a extremely wealthy, yes, uh, old, extremely waspy area of... And with mature, and to this point, a lot of mature, you know, trees that some people, you know, probably liked more than human beings.
0: <laughs> right, and it, it's like, obviously... Well, I don't know. Obviously, it's like it was his property. Mr. T. Yeah, it, was, it was private property. It was on his private property, he cut down every single tree in his property. And it was this huge, like whatever it was, 15 acre or whatever.
1: Yeah, I I think now there's actually an ordinance that you have to, you know, certain. <laughs> yes. Yeah.
0: They changed the law because of Mr. T. <laughs> Mr. T,
1: yes.
0: But that just made me laugh that he has a history even going back to his army days of cutting down perfect. trees. Um, he just hates trees apparently i don 't know <laughs> what his issue is. <laughs> there's also a clip uh, from Conan O'Brien oh did I find it? Did I pull it up? Yes I did. there's this, this clip from Conan O 'Brien it's also related to trees, so just there's a theme here. The this this is a remote where it, Conan O 'Brien and Mr. T went the apple, apple picking tea. All
2: right Oh yeah wait for it the fool All right. Hard. Here it comes. <laughs> <laughs>
0: a tree bench hits him smack in the face as they're on some kind of like wagon. That is perfect. So the trees get their revenge. Mr. T and trees, they have like a long-running beef, apparently. Uh, anyway, moving on from Mr. Tree hitting trees. Uh, he worked as a bouncer. Uh, so I found out, based on his bouncer years, all his gold that he wears, apparently that started because when he was a bouncer... They basically use Mr. T as, like, a human lost and found, where if they found, like, jewelry, they would just be like, here, you can hold on to this until people come and claim it. And so all... He just started wearing it? So, so, yes, literally all of those the, this famous gold chains, it was just leftover, unclaimed <laughs> chains... club he was working at? ...that he worked from when he was a bouncer, and he just kept it all. Oh, that's great. So he never paid for any of that stuff. But I just found that interesting. It's just like it's such a trademark of Mr. Yeah. T, is all the chains that and he wears. It's
1: happenstance.
0: Um... Okay, and then let's just briefly go through his career. So after Rocky Three, he filmed a movie called Penitentiary II, which actually came out before Rocky Three. Then a guest spot on Silver Spoons, and I have clips of some of these. so, so. I kind of remember that. So uh, 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 Ricky Schroeder was getting beat up by the bully in school, and so Ricky Schroeder's dad hires Mr. T to be his bodyguard. Is <laughs> the best. So quickly, let's play this clip.
2: Mr. T, will you be joining us every day?
0: Yeah. The teacher is horrified.
2: Excuse me, class. I'll be back in a minute. I'm just having an anxiety attack.
0: This made me laugh, though. She leaves the room, and all the kids start throwing papers and stuff. (laughs) He dives on Ricky's foot.
1: That is great.
0: He's a good bodyguard. Uh, Okay, so then... We've got uh, so that's that's an eighty-two. So in eighty-three, I have the A-team first airs. Although, and what I think January, it was January. eighty-three, yeah, we settled on that. Right. Yeah, we have. <clears throat> okay. And then eighty-three also Mr. T's Saturday morning cartoon debuts. I do not. So let's find. Uh, I did you po- ever watch this?
1: I didn't know this existed.
0: I know. So. I, I know. I watched it because I. I the theme song is burned into my brain. So Let's play it real fast. This is All the right.
1: intro to Mr.
0: T's Saturday morning cartoon. Uh, I definitely watched it. Not probably not a lot.
2: Catch the action, catch the mystery on my show, the best show, Mr. T.
0: <laughs> my show, the best show. That's the, that's exactly what I'm talking about. The cadence that he speaks in. <laughs> Punches the shark. <laughs> he punched a shark. Tell me if this theme song sounds familiar to you. doesn't ring a bell no it's the theme song i remember more than the show why do they have gymnasts because mr t on this show befriended a group of gymnasts and they fight (laughs) crime (laughs) the animation was awesome this is the introduction usually in a tv show they put the the best introduction (laughs) animation in the introduction the animation is even bad in the introduction because it's like, remember? Okay, we got we got the theme song.
1: Wait a minute, wait a minute. So I'm sorry, I was laughing at how bad that animation of it the was gymnast was really bad. So what, what's the concept? Why does he know gymnasts? Is he like a manager or a coach or something? I guess I don't know. I don't. I
0: didn't re- <laughs> okay. look into it too all right. much. All right, all right. Um, but yeah, that theme song is burned in my brain. I definitely remember Mr. T. No, no, I don't know that one. Okay, all right. I guess they fought crime. They were gymnasts that fought crime. Who knows? The original Jim um, <laughs> that's true, yeah. <laughs> wow. Never thought about that. <laughs> but yeah, you're, you're totally right. Like, I remember the, the cartoons we used to watch as a kid, especially like the Thundercats and the Silverhawks oh, yeah. of the world. You'd watch the intro and it's just amazing. Jacked up. Oh, the, the animation in the introduction was like feature quality, like camera swooshing around. And then you get to the show and like we are robotically walking. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So the fact that that's the intro, I can't even imagine how bad the actual show is. Uh, okay, and then 1983 still, DC Cab, and then a guest spot on Different Strokes, so I want to play that really fast. Uh, this is just going to be Mr. T clips, but I just I, I like Mr. T. I don't want to make it sound like I don't like Mr. T based on my criticism Club of Club
1: Lang. By the way, DC Cab is one of those movies that I saw a bunch as a kid. Really? I still have a soft spot for DC Cab.
0: Never once seen DC Cab. Yeah. I, I
1: barely know I, what it's about. I'm sure if I watched it today, I would not feel the same. I haven't seen it. Probably in 20 years. Sure. But I, I had a soft spot for DC camp.
0: Okay. Well here's here's Mr. T on uh, a different strokes.
2: Sure, big tea. <laughs> <I thought laughs> Gary a little T. Gary Coleman is <laughs>
0: dressed know. up like Mr. T. Head
2: to head. <laughs> sure, what about? Well, I'm really flattered that you tried to look like me to impress that girl. I even glued some hair on my chest. <laughs> wow. That's more than what I got. <laughs>
1: Anyway, I'm just trying to get a flavor of Mr. T's career. I can't believe what he parlayed into. I mean, all these spots.
0: My favorite thing is other than uh, Rocky three. and I assume DC Cab, he's almost always playing himself. Like, he was playing himself, Mr. T the bodyguard, on uh, yes. Silver Spoons. <laughs> and here he is playing himself again. I, re- I did read a little bit of the premise of this episode. I guess the premise of this Different Strokes episode is they're filming a scene from the A team in Mr. Drummond's apartment. <laughs> <laughs> Which is why Mr. T is there. That's absurd.
1: <laughs> I can't even imagine what the assignment was that the A team is in Mr. Drummond's apartment. Yeah, I
0: don't know. It's probably like them getting the assignment from some wealthy guy. Because right? isn't Mr. Drummond some? Yo, it's like yeah. a rich apartment. Yeah, it's, it's a,
1: a penthouse. It's a penthouse. In, they wanted want a scene where
0: Mr. T gets his marching orders from from somebody. Or, I don't know. I didn't watch a lot of A team to be honest with you. I don't really know much about I've, I've the structure seen, of that show. Uh,
1: the, I think the ultimately the problem with the A-Team and the reason why the ratings eventually decline is that um, it's not, I mean, it's built that they're all self-contained episodes and they're so formulaic. By like season three, it's like, I, I don't need to see this anymore. And that's unfortunately, yeah. I, I I mean, I enjoy that it exists, but I, I know why it was a failure.
0: That's all those shows. Like Night Rider was the same yeah. way. I've seen more of Knight Rider than
1: oh, the A-Team. I, I, I may have seen every Night Rider episode. I, Knight Rider did mix it up sometimes. It, it, it did. It
0: did bring in Carr. Oh,
1: honestly, still to this day, I love car. I,
0: I only really know about car because of you. I, mean, I, I probably did see those episodes, but I don't remember them. It's because oh. you brought them up. You know, just some casual conversation.
1: All you had to do is, but to me as a kid... It seemed like it was this big deal, and it was, no. All they did is they used the same car, and they just had somebody else do the voice. Right. But to me as a kid, it was like, oh, no, this is all, all different
0: and all new. Did they even change the color of the light that goes back and forth? I they want, should have.
1: I don't know if they changed the color. What I think is I think it went like in the opposite direction is what I think it may have been. I
0: thought meant. it just went back and forth. How does it go in the opposite direction? Well,
1: because I think it started like left to right, and I think with car, it goes right to left.
0: Oh, does it not go back and forth? It just goes right go, to the left it, and then go, re- resets? That, I think so. I, I thought it bounced back and forth, so there's no way to reset, to reverse that, right? But maybe I'm wrong, because you know, you've seen, obviously, more Night <laughs> Rider than me. They should have made a different color. that would have right. distinguished it. They're just colored lights. I, that's not It's expensive. Like I know it's a TV budget, but come on. You open up the hood, you, you put some blue lights in there. Now it's a right, blue car. Right. Um, <clears throat> anyway, we're getting to the part that I want to talk about, and I, you know, One of the reasons why I actually genuinely like Mr. T and I actually kind of have a lot of respect for him, you know, despite his uh, pissing off his neighbors, I I have the sense that he had similar misgivings about playing clever Lang that I do because he never played a character like that again. And honestly, as the years go on, we're getting to the point where he just becomes super corny like he is so willing to be just a totally corny guy. You know, in like two years, he transformed from like, I'm a tough guy, I'm, you know, I'm famous yeah. for being tough, to doing these like educational videos. And these get clowned on on the internet all the time. I don't know how familiar you are with the, his mother song. No. Let's play some of it now. This, okay. This, I mean, it's, it is funny. <laughs> I mean, let's watch it. This is an educational video that Mr. T did. Well,
2: you couldn't be more than five. You're so They have to jack you up to take off your shoes. Yeah, well, you're so skinny your eyes are in single file. Well, you're so ugly your ears stick out to get away from your face. Well, your (laughs) mama is so... Oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. Don't bring anyone mother into this. She ain't here. If it wasn't for your mother, you wouldn't be here. So remember, when you put down one mother, you put down mothers all over the world.
0: It's solved it all. I love the abrupt start of the music, too. These are awesome. It's really funny. Wait until he hasn't even started singing yet. Wait until Mr. T starts, quote, singing. (laughs) I'm surprised you've never seen this. No. i watched most of this. I I know what we're going along. This is
1: like the Super Bowl shuffle? <laughs> yeah,
0: it, it is very similar. Wait. I know all the lyrics. O is for the oven with its burning heat. <laughs> I had something to eat. <laughs> T is for the times that she stayed up nights nice and took my temperature when I wasn't feeling right. <laughs> <laughs> I've watched this video a lot. We gotta finish it out now. Oh man, I did not know this existed.
2: But
0: we gotta finish it. We gotta know what R is, man.
2: But here's here's
0: the thing about Mr. T he was so committed to being like a positive influence in this way that he kind of destroyed his career. He's so corny. You know what I mean? And it was so well-intentioned and it's like, I have a lot of respect, like genuine respect for Mr. T that he said like, I'm never going to play like an angry, like violent character again. He only played heroes. He always wanted to be like a good influence to kids. And you know, he, he could have had a, 15-year career playing villains.
1: Probably. And
0: he didn't want to do it, and I respect that. I mean, he probably could have made way more money.
1: Having seen that, that definitely would undermine...
0: (laughs) He had the courage to be a total dork. You know (laughs) what I mean? Like, I actually respect this.
1: No, I mean, to to do something like that, you have to believe. In the positive message you're trying to deliver, you have to really believe that to do that. Yeah, And so I, I... you definitely have gotten me to agree that I have a, a level of respect that if you believe that you're trying to use your celebrity and your influence for something you know positive, that you're willing to probably destroy your career and you know do something that corny, that you do have to respect
0: that. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure he didn't think of it that way, that it's like, oh, I'll throw away my career because I want to do good. It's like, I'm sure he thought... You know, I'm going to use some of the goodwill that I built up right. and spend it, but it's hard to accept him as a tough guy. I mean, he didn't it's, really want to play tough guys. So it's, no.
1: so it was an easy decision for him to make, but at the same time, financially, it, it's worthy of respect because you had to have a pretty strong inclination that your career as where you had made most of your money was, was going to disappear.
0: I, I, I think it's maybe just, that just wasn't his priority. he's yeah. just like, oh, I'm, I have this opportunity to make this kind of a it's positive fi- impact. Yeah,
1: it's my 15 minutes, right? Who knows how long it would last either yeah. way.
0: But the real reason why I played that is because now I want to play the key and peel sketch that makes fun of that. It's my <sighs> favorite key and peel sketch. Academy Award nominated director, yeah, <laughs> uh, Jordan no, Peele playing Mr. T.
1: <laughs> Kean Peele is, is, was a great show. I don't know if I've seen this one. This is my favorite sketch of theirs, and you ha-
0: you, you have to have seen the video we just watched to really appreciate oh, yeah. it. It is pitch perfect. Oh, up, I I had this video up too long, and now we're getting an ad.
2: Guess what day it is? There's a
0: talking camel. This is not the video I wanted to see. It's so pitch perfect.
2: Nobody likes you, you girl. Well, you're a different color than me, and that's bad. Oh, yeah? Well, you dress like a... Now, hold on a second.
0: <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> Mr. D. So good. Never make fun of the way a man dresses. The way a man dresses is his business. Remember that. Whether it's overalls, <laughs> chains, or feather earrings,
2: however they dress <laughs> it's not to be joked about. I pity the fool that judges another man's clothing.
0: <laughs> <laughs> These storms Sorry I judge your clothing.
2: It's okay.
0: The funny part is, it's uh, the way it observes that, like, Mr. T didn't care about those kids making fun of each other's ears and all that. He only Scout. cares about their mothers.
2: There's a man over there who
1: said he'll give us candy if we get in his van.
2: Oh, I don't know if that's a good idea, Timmy. <sighs>
0: what are you afraid of? Is it because you have a stupid name like Scout? Hey!
2: Whoa! <laughs> Mr. T, T again! Never make fun of a person's name. Your mama <laughs> gave you that name. Or you made it up for business purposes. I'm it's personal. I pity the fool to make fun of another man's name. Mr. T's a cool name. It's a cool name, Mr. T.
0: Academy Award nominee, Jordan Peele. His and Mr. T out. is so funny. Want
2: to do some drugs? Aren't
1: drugs bad?
0: I don't know. <laughs> and they look around for Mr. <laughs> T. Why can't Mr. T come If out? you're afraid of drugs, we could drink a bunch of alcohol. Yum, that sounds good. Mr. T doesn't care about drugs. I love them looking around.
2: It's it's
0: like this is what you should be here for. Your hair is stupid. Never
2: make (laughs) fun of another person's hair. Hey, (laughs) Mr. T. A person's hair is the artwork that they present to the heavens. It's just like I've been saying.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's so good. I'm sorry we're just just playing the whole thing, but I love it so much. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> should we watch the rest of this i feel like we've been watching a lot of video here
2: i've never seen it jokes in my
0: let's watch the rest
2: of it
0: skip ahead a minute if you don't want to hear the rest of this i guess i don't like the
2: way i feel when you're joking at my hair your mink and the hurtful little pot shots that you take and for your information it's not even a haircut it's a rare form of male pattern baldness (laughs) you fools
1: that's basically it wow that is i never i've i didn't see every obviously key and (laughs) peel episode that i would the thing is i would not have appreciated it because i didn't know that video i
0: know the, the fact that i you know i was familiar with that video for years like that's that original mr t video was like early days of the internet that was like one of the earliest memes like that a, i was familiar with yeah, people or. making fun of that video so when Keenan peel made fun of that specific video that it was like it seemed so obscure to me it's like oh my god this sketch is like written for me and that, sorry i know that's not good podcasting we just watched two videos back to back it was like five minutes of us watching videos so sorry but we're never gonna have another no. chance to talk about mr t so no nope. nope. this is to get through it so that's my silk ozard it was just an excuse to get this. It was a
1: long road just to get that key and skit. Oh, that's all right. So now it's uh, it's time for the reason that we're here. All right, the body count. This movie only killed forty eight people compared to the last one that we killed one hundred and nineteen.
0: This is where we compare Arnold Schwarzenegger's body count to Sylvester Stallone's. Another goose egg for Sylvester Stallone, but it's not a surprise. This is a Rocky movie.
1: Yeah, but yeah. there is there is one in this one. Sadly,
0: Mickey is gone. That's right. So one body. Um, so anyway, Arnold had an average body count of fourteen point seven six. Sebastian so Stallone still at 225 total body count across 22 movies with an average of 10.23. Keeps falling. One more goose egg and he'll be in single digits. It's a little
1: Tom Petty here. We're free falling. It is free falling. This whole
0: season, it's been a lot of comedies this season, I guess, and like small parts, so yeah. I guess that makes sense. So yeah, let's move on to the Wrecking Crew yep.
2: Outstanding achievement
1: explosion. Uh all right. So this is the uh sorry, this this is where we determine uh which uh which character in the movie get, I guess wrecked the most shop is how we describe it. Sorry there. <laughs> you tired. A
0: little it's bit. It's been a long day. We we recorded the the section of uh the, the still cozart section of lock up The Lockup episode earlier today. So yeah. it's been a long Yes,
1: long uh, recording. Episode. And I'm disappointed because I didn't because I should have a lot of enthusiasm for this. This was a runaway victory for me, and I was very, very pleased oh. to be able to award this one. Well,
0: please tell me because I, I, well, I, maybe I should do mine first because I don't have a runaway victory.
1: All right. So while the match itself may have been a draw, I'm giving it to Thunder Lips because <laughs> he absolutely wrecked shop in this movie.
0: Uh, you're right. I'm it's, changing my. Oh, I've convinced him. Th- Look th- at that. Th- the second time this season you've done this. <laughs> I shouldn't have gone first. No, it's fine. I'm glad because I would have gone first and then you would have said that and I would have been like, ah, you're right. Um, I was going to give it to Talia Shire as Ad- Adrian as far as like <laughs>
1: Just, that speech she gives kind of wrecks the end of the movie for me. Well, that's so that's why yeah. We got cars. We got money. It's sort of like I recently gave it to Arnold Schwarzenegger for pawning stop or my yeah. mom will shoot off on Stallone. But you're right. This I need to be celebrating this movie. I
0: like Rocky Three. That's one scene oh. and... Thunder lips more than makes up
1: for that scene does. on the beach. As you said, when he pounds on a mat, it sounds like an atomic bomb goes off. Yeah,
0: um, yeah. Hogan, you know, for, you know, obviously he's had problems and things recently, yeah. but he's a talented actor. I actually, some, I mean, well, he's, he's, he's good at this the particular type skill. of acting. Yes. Yeah. He's as far as like, a charismatic wrestler it's like a performer right no one's ever done it better no matter regardless what you think of you know i was not a big fan of him back then but he's obviously the, one of the best to ever do it so absolutely he, it comes through here all right all right let's rate this thing <laughs> hey, hey what the hell are you doing you're punching car accident victim no, no, you don't understand he was bad-mouthing my film
1: uh, so this is the segment where we rate the movie that we just watched based on the Rocky opponents from Apollo Creed through Spider Rico with a couple of amendments we may now have.
0: Yes. it's uh, I don't know if we're going to give this a big yank ball. <laughs> I don't think this I'm not qualifies. It,
1: I'm not giving it a big yank as ball. As a big I yank, yank ball. So I, I, was, I was torn on okay. this one. It's very close. It's a borderline one for me. I went with a clubber Lang. Okay. I also give it a clubber Lang.
0: I think the fact that we
1: you know our scale is based on rocky opponents, it
0: makes sense that the movie is generally going to you know be given the ratings for of the, the po- of opponent for movie. the
1: most part you're right, and that's some of the reason why, but I will tell you, I really enjoyed this the, there are some flaws some that you pointed out that I didn't realize, so maybe in retrospect I'll think differently, but it has a lot of elements that I like, both of the opponents that they that he has i I like that clubber Lang is has Rocky's perspective that he's the one who you know gets the title shot and ultimately wins. I love Thunderlips as an opponent, and I, I think the thing I like most, and maybe I didn't spend enough time about, uh, on it, I love Apollo taking Mickey's place as his trainer. I love that they found a way to get Carl Weathers back. He gives a great performance. I didn't talk about it. I probably should have. How fired up and pissed off he is yeah. when he's trying to get Rock in that sparring match.
0: There is no tomorrow. I mean, that, yeah. that's, like, that gives me chills. That's, that's still on the part of the movie that
1: I really like. Yeah, there I, is no tomorrow. Absolutely. So for all of those reasons, it was close, but it's not Rocky. It's not the original Rocky. Clubber Lang and Thunder Lips are not Apollo Creed. It can't be a Creed for me.
0: Well, I mean, I, like I've said in the past, it doesn't necessarily mean that they're equal. You could give this an Apollo Creed. It doesn't mean it's as good as Rocky. I know. It just means it's but, the highest level you could give it. I, you know. Yeah, I really like this movie, and the fact that... Basically, I don't think any Rocky movie is going to get a rating below Clubber Lang from me, you know, even Rocky V. Uh, oh, man, I okay. think well, we'll see. I mean, I haven't watched it in a while. I, that's definitely not one I'd go back to a lot, but you know, I like this movie. I know I was criticizing it a lot, but uh, despite its flaws, there's so much of this movie that really works. I also think this is really Stallone coming into his own as a director. The direction and the editing and a lot of the music choices. Um, you know, there's still enough Bill Conti score that it feels like a Rocky movie. It doesn't go full on Rocky 4, you know, nothing but pop songs. It still feels like Rocky, you know? And it, yeah. it's, it's a good mix of the old Rocky and like the 80s, a little more of a comic book style, but it's still grounded in reality. It still feels like a real person. Um, you can see it inching towards Rocky 4, but <laughs> it's a good mix. And look, I like Rocky 4, but it's like. That movie doesn't feel like a Rocky movie, and I think this finds a really good balance. You know,
1: almost like a transition. Not that you want it to transition to being a music video that Rocky Four is, but I, I hear you.
0: But you, know, you, you want a series to evolve, and I think other than you know, clever Lang, and other than just one, it just needs one tweak in terms of Talia Shire's performance. Just like, hey, stop shouting. That's really that's all he needed to do, and that, I think that more or less is it fixes that scene. And one extra scene from Claude Lang. and this add those two things. This is a great movie. I just think no, it's not quite able to
2: doesn't go the reach distance the peak. Yes,
0: yeah, yeah like well, you know, Whatever. <laughs> we gotta stop talking. <laughs> I was about to launch into another screen. I was just like, ah, it's, it's late. Let's just end this.
1: All right. Well, so that was the show. Yeah. Before, and but go ahead. It's no, right. I was just gonna say, and now uh, I'll let you let us all know what we're heading on to.
0: Yeah, this half of the season is over, so like we did last season, we're gonna do a at least one break episode. We'll play it by ear, but probably won't be a long break. And we're going we said we we're gonna announce what it's gonna be, right? Yeah. So, and I'm excited about this.
1: I've never seen this, so
0: okay. In Rocky Three, we see a brief glimpse of Rocky Balboa, quote unquote, on the Muppet Show, which was actually a clip of when Sylvester Stallone hosted the Muppet Show. But just a brief actually, uh, Stallone actually got Jim Henson to come in and say Rocky Balboa, yeah, you know, which is actually kind of cool. It's the Kermit, yeah. Jim Henson's voice is in uh, this movie after Rocky 2, where they talked about the Muppets, Kermit, and uh, what's the you know, what's his name, Kermit? I don't know, so you know, <laughs> uh, that's cool that Jim Henson's actually in Rocky 3. But anyway, so we're gonna watch for a bonus episode, we're gonna watch the episode of the Muppet Show that was hosted by Sylvester Stallone. Season three episode something or other. I don't know. You can look it up, but um, I'm excited to watch this. I've seen it before. Uh, I know what to expect. (laughs) I don't at all. So
1: see how it goes for me.
0: Yeah. Tune in for that in two weeks. Uh, Until then, we'll be back. After that, we'll be back with the rest of season six.
1: Yeah. And so if you like the show, please like us and write a favorable review on your podcast app of choice and make sure to let us know what you think about us on Twitter as well at at Podcast.
0: You know, just, just say the Twitter handle again.
1: At ArmsRacePodcast. <laughs> oh, that was even worse. It is well, late. now this is all going in. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> it's at, late, everybody. At ArmsRacePodcast. I think this is
0: the latest we've ever gone in the night recording. It's almost midnight. And then if you like the show uh, and you think you know someone who would also like the show, tell that person about the show. it will help. Why not? <laughs> Come on. Just do it. <laughs> So yeah, we'll be back uh, with The Muppet Show.